Hello, residents of Meepletown. This is Dean. Johnny Fallbreak. And today we're going to be looking at St. Petersburg Red Cathedral. Then we're going to be taking a trip to Germany. How about Give it? Me, well, we're not literally going to do that, but we're going to give our top five Essence Spiel games. Essence Spiel games top five. That we're looking forward to. So thanks for joining us for episode number 87. All right, residents of Meepletown, if you were here right now, you would see Dean with a giant hat, a plate of green eggs and ham, and the Lorax in the background. Oh, you saw my pictures. I did. You like that? I did. <laughs> would you like to tell Meepletown why you're dressed like that today? I went to the Dr. Seuss experience. How about that? Did you like that? This is also Meepletown, why I call myself Johnny Fall Break, because Dean and I both took um, trips this last week is why we didn't have the podcast published. Go ahead, Dean. That's right. That's it. That's it. You. That's Dr. all you're going to say experience. about it. Well, Where was that at? That was in Chicago. So we went to. Yep, we went to Dr. Seuss Experience, and uh, it was pretty cool. They. It's. Um, where was it at? In Chicago. No, I, I, you already said. Chicago. <laughs> I mean, like, where in Chicago? It was on Michigan Avenue by the oh, ooh, Michigan by Avenue the Lego store, and oh yeah, I know exactly where that is. Yeah, I've been there to the Lego store. Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. Okay, let me let me tell you a little bit about my about my trip, John. You ready? I, I All right. mean, yeah. Went to Michigan. Gonna so have to be. Last year, uh, my grandmother had passed away, and we just did the wow. Burial. You really just put a huge downer on the episode. Well, no, no, like no. That. This was a year ago, and so we did the burial this last week. She was cremated, and we had a graveside service, and it was nice. We got to see family and all that, but uh, and we spent some time. I don't know. Are you that familiar with Michigan? Have you been to Michigan a lot? Yes. Okay. You've probably never been to Frankenmuth, or have you? This is a, a like a German sweet vermouth, Bavarian. Yeah, just like that. <laughs> Are there sausages involved? Well, I mean, it's a it's a Bavarian village, so yeah. That's the pictures that I saw. Yeah, yeah. I, not me. I'm a vegetarian. I didn't eat sausage. Okay. Did did I you don't think did anyone... you eat something German delicious? I did ate have... a lot of fudge. Wow. <laughs> Wow. I had, uh, oh, okay. Oh, I got lots of stories to tell you. Okay. What about schnitzel? Uh, no, my dad did. My dad did. Why did you not have schnitzel? Because I, I'm a vegetarian. Do you know what Wiener schnitzel is? Wiener schnitzel? Mm-hmm. You do? It's got wieners in it. It's, it is, <laughs> it's veal there, John. It is. Uh, so I did not eat that. But okay, this is a small... Yeah, but you could have... Um, you actually, I was kidding about that. What's the what's the dish that you could have? The noodles, ramen. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right, continue. On. I don't know what's happening right now. Oh. Anywho, ramen. we went to Frankenmuth, which is about fifteen minutes from where I grew up in Reese, Michigan. I'm guessing nobody listening to the podcast has heard of Reese, Michigan, but that's where I grew up. Is that where Reese's come from? It is not, actually. Okay. But it's actually corn comes from there and sugar beets, and that's about it. But we had a good time there. We had at this restaurant called the Bavarian uh, Bavarian Inn Restaurant, which is it's pretty nice. But let me tell you, John, they make their own root beer there. They brew their own root beer. And did I ever tell you I really like root beer? I like uh, I like no, I don't think trying have. different root beers. And they make I could I think I can say this with confidence. They make the best root beer I've ever had. Ever. And wow. I've had a lot of root beers. I'm I okay. A lot. Wow. It's made from sugar beet. Beets? 
sugar beets. Sugar. You ever had wow. sugar beets? No. I grew up. Sometimes when I would play drums, uh, someone would look at me and be like, throw down them sugar beets. Yeah. It is similar to that, except these are actual beets that taste like sugar because that's what they are. They're sugar. They're a sweetener. Wow. Yeah, I grew up too. I don't know. A lot of people, especially in this area, have not really heard of sugar beets, but they look like you know giant potatoes, I guess. You dig them out of the ground, cut them open, and there's sugar beets. I <laughs> don't know how else to explain it. But anyway, they make their root beer with sugar beets, and it was mm, so good. So good. Spetzel. Spetzel. Pretzel. No. What are we doing? We're just shouting out words. No, I'm just saying like that, the dish, the noodle dish. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, it was spetzel. very special. <laughs> have you ever had that before we're talking about essen so actually this does apply or some red cabbage how about that did yeah you try some of that uh-huh. i did not i didn't even know yep they had some at the table it's one of those you dropped the vegetarian proverbial ball it was one of those situations where they have like um what's buco de beppo like that family style yeah you know it's a family style meal that they had there. so what were like you, you order doing? your meal and then they bring a bunch of sides out that everyone can share together were you just drinking beers root beers <laughs> and uh, i had what did i eat there oh i did have fish i ate fish this time so not full-on vegetarian john what kind of fish i had white fish lake superior white fish all right it was superior to a lot of other white fish wow yeah then went over to chicago we did <laughs> went to chicago oh, oh, oh. My gosh. we went to bronner's which you were in florida we'll get to that in a minute you were in florida false okay i what? was in alabama oh, okay sorry Gulf well Shores. if you're in florida and you're driving up towards tennessee there's a sign that says bronner's christmas store largest christmas store in the world come visit it in frankenmuth michigan and you went there well yeah i've been there a bunch but it's been a long time you love christmas i do are you ready for christmas right now uh yes i after leaving that store i asked if we could put our christmas tree up and might I got, as well i got shot down oh, oh okay let me jump ahead and Ooh. then i'll come back hey to Chicago. Th- for those who um are new to our podcast we do have to say this every time we will get to board games very soon maybe not not very soon today we got a lot to talk about we got we're talking a lot about board about. games mine's gonna be easy okay did you see? So you looked at the pictures that my wife posted. Yeah. Did you I see did. the very I like last to, picture? I like to like look at your wife's profile all the time and check out all the pictures that she posts. Okay. And, and creep on it. That's weird. Did you look at the last picture that she posted in there? I think so. I don't. On, it was re- a picture of a house. Did you see the house? Yes. Did you recognize the house? No. Really? I don't know. Let me look again. It's one of your favorite movies, John. Problem. Christmas. Goonies, the Goonies house. No, <laughs> I've been to that house. <laughs> I know you have. <laughs> what I do on vacation is I visit like movie houses. This one, this movie took place in Chicago. It had a sequel that took place in New York. She had posted 65 pictures. I actually don't hardly ever see her post anything. So I said, oh, look at Dean's vacation. <laughs> Are so you ready to guess what the house is yet? I'm going right. I'm trying to I flip mean, I through all these millions. All the hints that you need Christmas to vacation. Guess. There was a sequel that took place. I know in- what it probably was. It's probably <laughs> Christmas Story. Is it Christmas Story? That house is in Ohio. You're you're oh. getting closer. Oh yeah. Well, I can't even look at it yet. I'm going through all these millions of pictures. It's annoying. <laughs> you literally. You guys took too many pictures. So 65. We posted 65. I'm okay. Sure. Hold up. Oh, Home Alone. Yeah. We got wow. to go see the Home Alone house. How cool was That's that? That's pretty sick. We drove like 30 minutes out of the way from our hotel. No way. To go up there, it, we got up 
at, uh, let's see, we left our hotel at five in the morning so we could drive north to go to that house and then drive back south to come back home. Were there other people looking at it? Not that early, no. <laughs> Did you feel weird going slow by it and taking pictures of someone? No, house? because I'm guessing a lot of people do that. There was a guy running through the neighborhood and he ran by us as we were taking pictures. And it was dark. Like it was, you can see in the picture, I had to brighten that up as much as I could. So you basically looked like a weirdo creep. Like, or that you were planning a heist, like no, he the actual it. movie. This Home guy Alone. gets it. No, I mean, he was thinking like, you're going to go talk to Joe Pesci. Pesci. <laughs> I, I said, I was and standing Daniel there. Daniel Stern. We were sitting, in real life. <laughs> we were sitting there in our van, like creepy van. We we rented a, like that a, said, okay, uh, plumbing. a <laughs> we rented a plumbing van. That's right. And we're sitting there and we said, 671 now. And then the lights It'll came on. Tuna and, tonight. <laughs> Silver tuna, <laughs> silver tuna tonight. Yeah. Anyway, that was our that was our trip. Chicago was fun. Michigan was good. That's it. What I'm, about? What I'm gonna about be very brief. Every morning, I woke up. I went onto my balcony and I spread my arms and I said, "What up, beaches?" Every day. And that was the whole trip. And somebody would say, "Get some new material." Oh no! <laughs> All right, there is one funny thing that happened that I'm going to just go quickly so we had a group three families went down um the largest amount of young people were with our group were probably from like 15 to 20 or something like that we had about my kid noah's like 13 um so we had like six or seven young people like that no maybe like five five or six and the perfect storm happened dean Mm -hmm. you imagine you being on a beach you're 16 17 18 years old okay two houses down a high school girls volleyball team <laughs> shows up dead serious they were pretty excited like 15 girls 15 20 girls they would not stop talking about this oh my goodness and scheming and planning they did jack duty they were so scared to talk the closest they got they did talk they said yeah we did talk to the girls what they were doing was they were throwing a football in the water and you watch them get closer and closer, and you watch the girls scoot further and further away. It was it was it was bad. I've been there. But one of them hit one of the girls in the head. With oh my them. goodness! <laughs> so they apologized. Oh. But the best part of it was our buddy Ben uh, Beavers, who got tired of hearing them like they're just talking this big game and doing literally nothing. In fact, one night me and Ben wrote a letter to our boys from them, a fake letter, mm-hmm. and it didn't go over super well because our handwriting is. Just not great. But he f- grabs the football and just chucks it over at them girls and then starts hollering in the most country voice again, boys, you get on over there. You get that football, boys. You get over there. You've been talking about them girls all day. You've been talking about them all day. You've been talking about them all week. You better get over there and talk to them, boys. Did they? Catherine, Ben's wife, was turning beet red because <laughs> he was yelling it absolutely loud enough to where all the girls would hear, oh. and he kept going on about how much you've been talking about him, you've been talking about him, and like it's like it, it, he, it, uh, they did not talk to them. They just grabbed it and ran as fast as they could back. That's a good call. I probably would have done the same. They thing. were super embarrassed, mm. but it was hilarious. Did you play board games on the trip? Do you got? I did. Do you want to talk? You want to segue this into what we've been playing lately? Oh, I wasn't. I didn't want to interrupt your your talk about your trip. No. I had lots of time. You can take it. But we also have a poll that I wanted to do. Okay. A game that I wanted to do. Oh, hey, before I get done with my vacation. A board game. Snakes and Lattes is in Chicago. There's a Snakes and Lattes in Chicago. Cool. Ask me if I went. Did you go? No. No. I'm not a crazy person. I knew the answer to that. I go on vacation. I don't have to play board games. Yeah, I played. I I played. 
I played some games. Yeah, my no, wife wouldn't let me. We did play an eleven-person <laughs> game. No, 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 no. Eleven people didn't play a nine-person game of Feed the Kraken. Oh yeah, yeah. Did they all like it? Oh yeah, they pretty Ben played it. Catherine, I'm, his I'm wife, not, is really getting into it. I've not played that many people. That seems like that would be a lot of fun. It is. There's a lot of a lot of mutinies that take place. Did Ben like it? Uh, he just sat there in the corner and almost said nothing the entire time, but said it was enjoyable. <laughs> Sometimes we force Ben to play games with us here. Yeah, I mean, he... Yep, so I don't know. I don't know if he liked it a lot or not. All right, let's do our poll, and then we'll get into what we've been playing, what I played on vacation. Uh, then we will have, you know, some reviews to get to. So, because we were on our little fall break, I did not do a poll because I didn't feel like it. So, what I'm going to do is we did a challenge a few weeks ago. Remember, Dean, where you had to pick the cereals? Today... You are going to pick the top 10 best-selling board games of all time. Ooh, okay. I can do that. Now, this is going to be like not hobby games. I'm just going to tell you that. None of them are hobby games. At least for them. I won't say that none of them are. Okay. None of them may be, but I'm not going to say that. But I just want to let you make you aware that this is not going to be Gloomhaven and stuff like that. I get three strikes again. Three strikes again. What did I get last time? Like maybe four or five? No, you did way better than that. Did I think I? you got like seven, seven oh, or okay. eight. Yeah. Oof, okay. This should be pretty easy. All right, I'm ready. Ready to jump Okay, all right, it? all right. Top 10 best-selling board games of all time. Monopoly. Okay, let's see where that is. It's got to be on here, right? Number four. Okay, ooh, okay. Um, card games included, right? Mm, no. No card games. That's exactly right. Just board games. That's right. Okay. So you have one out of ten. Good one. All right. Uh, Scrabble. Let's see. Survey says the number five answer. Okay. All right. Doing pretty good. Life. The game of life. Survey says the number 10 answer. Ooh, that was a close one. I just heard on the blue peg, pink peg, the guy who who designed that passed away. Yeah, I saw that. They made some, some jokes that were pretty good about that. Is it, is wow. it okay to make jokes about... Anyway, I, I don't know. Listen to the podcast; it was good. All right, uh, We've so I've got about three. People dying twice in this episode I've got already. Three so far, that's a downer, isn't it? Okay, no more, no more death talk until we get to our board games. Our board <laughs> games. I'm sure we'll talk about that. All right, um, you got three see. out of ten. Three out of ten. I had. Let's see. Let me go. I'm gonna go hobby, John. Mm. Oof. Should I? You, you made it you sound do like whatever you some, want. Some, some, sorry, we'll go sorry. Survey says, I'm sorry. Is that right? Clue. Survey says, the number six answer. Oh, wow, how am I not getting the, the good ones here? Too, way too obvious. Are they? <laughs> yes. Oh, no. What do you think is the most played board game ever? I thought it was Monopoly. It's not. Come okay. on. I could help you. but The most played board game ever. Oh, okay. You got four out of ten with one X right now. All right, let me think. I probably have it sitting on my shelf. Uh, let's see. You're, yeah, I I understand being in your shoes during this because I'm maybe I would not think of the most obvious ones. It is. It is a lot of pressure. I'm gonna. Mm, maybe I shouldn't do that. I was gonna go. You got maybe four out of ten so far. That's not bad. Yeah, uh, I know. But I knew I was gonna stall out, and at four, I thought I could at least get like five or six. But okay, let's go with. Oh, man. Let's say maybe another roll and move game. Hmm. 
You know what? I don't think this is going to make the list, but I'm going to say it anyway. Mousetrap. Eh. No? Two strikes, one more, you're out. Just, <sighs> hey, that's perfect for baseball playoffs season right now. <laughs> hey, by the way, I just want to say Roll Tide to all those Alabama fans out there. Speaking of baseball. Speaking of baseball, did you see they lost, right? I did. I also saw my Lions lost by another field goal. Ah, last, vo- a last-minute field the goal. The Tennessee Vols won this weekend, and the Titans won, and Alabama lost. There's nothing better. Michigan won. You're happy about that, too. I'm fine with that. Five of the top ten teams are You're stalling our, big ten game, our big ten teams. Yeah, that's going to change. Can you name them? <laughs> yes. Okay. Probably. All right. I'll I'll do that after you finish this. Okay. Uh, okay. Stop stalling. Woo. How am I not thinking? The number one game is not Monopoly, huh? No. <laughs> oh my gosh. I They're said, like, let's get on with this episode. I already said Clue, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> now you're man, guessing the same one. People are screaming right they now. They are. Yeah. It's, oh People boy. are like, why are you not thinking of this? Trouble? It looks like your list is in a trouble. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go. Number so bad. number ten of all time was the game of life. You did get that one right. You only got four out of ten. That was pretty horrible. I know. Could number you, nine. Wait, did you do this before you looked at it? Would you have gotten more than four? You think? It depends on where my mind would have gone, but yeah, I think so. Okay. Number nine is Candyland. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number okay. eight is Battleship. Oh, that was the one I said I was going to go as a flyer, and I didn't do it. Number seven is Trivial Pursuit. Okay. Okay. Then six was Clue. You got that. Five was Scrabble. Four was Monopoly. Now this is where you just. This is where your mind just didn't go here. Batgammon was number three. Oh, yeah. Checkers was number two. And chess is number one, of uh, course. You should have gotten it chess. It is, of course. You're right. That was dumb. But it was your mind didn't go to that type of a board game thought, I guess. That's but, right. You know, there's like whole museums about chess, you know. Go so. is not on the list. No, because you don't have to pay money to play it, probably. Just draw some lines in the sand to get some rocks. Is that right? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> Uh, I will answer your question to try to get. I the, bet this list is false. I think Go would be on that list. Okay, maybe. Okay, not maybe. It is. Put it on there. <sighs> Whatever. I'm gonna I'm gonna answer this for those who don't care about sports. This is gonna be really quick. I, Iowa is definitely on that list. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ohio State's at number two now the, because yeah. them getting put. Ohio down. State's definitely on the list. Um, Penn State's still in the top ten. They are. Yep. Okay. Uh huh. And then um oh crud. Let me think through this. Ooh, I don't want it to go too long here. I've already talked about one. Just Michigan, like, of course. Yeah, yeah. There we go. but who's okay. the last one though? Who's the last one? I don't know. Um, they're number ten. Yeah, they're sneaking in, huh? They've Get also not sneaky, sneaky. They've not lost a game. Yeah, they're probably garbage. Who is it? Michigan State. Oh yeah, I wouldn't guess that. Okay, let's move on to what we've been playing lately, Dean. You want to go first? You want me to go first? Yeah, let's 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 go first. Let's me go first. Like Let you, like first. you saying, "Let's go first doesn't really help me know who's supposed to go first. Still, speaking of Goonies and Chunk, I bet you're thinking, "Oh, he's going to talk about Goonies, the game." Nope, I'm not, John. I'm talking about Truffle Shuffle. Remember that scene? Would you mind doing the Truffle Shuffle for <laughs> me right now? Uh, it's not good radio to do that. It's it is good. It is I, I can do quite the Truffle Shuffle. If we were doing a um, live podcast would you truffle shuffle for the people no no nah. no but i know you wouldn't truffle shuffle is a game by the same team who worked on point salad 
a game that we both really enjoyed, right? I, I, oh, yeah. I love that game. Good. I still play it pretty frequently. This is Molly Johnson, Robert Melvin, and Sean Stankwich. Mm-hmm. And in this game, it's kind of like, it's actually a lot like Seven Wonders Duel, where you're going to set the cards up in a pyramid. You've got a row that's going to be face down, face up, face down, face up. You know, keep going that way. And then you're just going to draft cards, and you can only take the cards that are available. Now, the difference is, if a card is face down, you take it face down. It doesn't flip over face up. Make sense? Yep. Okay, so in this game, all you're doing is drafting those cards, whatever, Winchester-style draft, is that what that's called? Does that sound right? Worcestershire? Yeah, that's it. Worcestershire sauce. Worcestershire. Drafting. And you're just going to take the cards, and then you are going to collect sets, and you're going to turn them in for points, and that's it. Like, the sets mm-hmm. are, you know, poker-style, phase 10-style sets that you can run in, you know, that you can turn them into. You can only s- turn in one set per turn, and then at the end of the round, you can only keep two cards. And so you can't, like, keep holding on sets until the end of the game. You're going to have to trade them in as you go. There's also bonuses that come out, like if we're playing a two-player game, then I think it's, like, 2-1-1. One, one. So whoever does the first set of four cards can trade those in and then take the bonus two points on top of whatever points they're going to get for that set. I like how the coins look like chocolate. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the production cool. on this is really good. The cardboard's the really thick. Good. There's a lot of uh, a lot of different art on the cards. I like that. But was it any good? I didn't love it. Wow. Yeah, yeah I did not love this one. And I think a lot of people will like this. And I thought I was going to like it more. 7.1 on BGG at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I think a lot of people will like it. I, I anticipated that I would like it at least as much as point salad and it, I, I much prefer point salad this one just seems like the decisions weren't as interesting hmm. not that they're not that they don't matter the decisions matter because like a lot of times you can't see what's on the card you don't know the number or anything you can only see the color so you're like i guess i'll go for this color because i'm trying to get this set of you know this color or this set of like you know a straight flush or something like that <sighs> yep it was just, it was a little more simple than what I was looking for. Didn't love it. it it's, you know, like I said, it's like Seven Wonders Duel light. Okay. And Seven Wonders Duel is already a pretty light game, I think. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it's okay. I think people really, I know people really like this game. Like you said, it's it's rated. 7.1. I mean, it's not like the greatest rating. Yeah. yeah. But, but it's, it's, it's good. It's just good. That's a good solid rating. But given the two, I would much rather go to Point Salad. Yep. This one plays two to four, and I think Point Salad plays up to... Six is that right? Or maybe it just does Play-Doh four. Mm. Anyway, I don't it's, know. It's fine. It's it's okay. It's just not. It's not anything that blew my mind. All right. Well, something that you might like it, <laughs> even though it's lighter, you might like it because of you, you. I don't know. You like you really like Seven Wonders Duel, probably even more than I do. I think. Um, prop maybe. I don't even have that game actually. Hmm. How about that? That surprises me. Can you me. believe that? Okay. All right. So. When I was on, oh, let's go back to the last episode. We had top five drafting games. Mm-hmm. In the midst of looking for different drafting games, I downloaded an app for Ascension. I think I mentioned that on the last podcast. You did. Um, the app is way too easy to beat. I mean, can I just say that I've never lost a game. Like it's the the AI is terrible. Brag much? No, my, I mean I hand it to my son who doesn't even play games and he won. Like it's oh, okay. just terrible. Like, <laughs> anyways. Um, I used to play that one. Ooh, it's been years since I've played it. I wonder if they did an update or if that's the same one that's always been on there. I don't know. I don't know, but I liked it enough to where I was like, I'm in, I'm digging this. I went ahead and I picked it up because you can get 
it for like 30 bucks, you know, or something like that. My son also really liked it when we were playing it. Uh, and he, he doesn't always. And so I was like, okay, cool. This is a game. My wife's not been playing games with me lately. This is a game I can play with my son. Started playing it. So in Ascension, uh, it was developed by some champions of Magic the Gathering. Did you know that, Dean? Hmm. I did not know that. It's a deck-building game where you're going to draw five cards, and there's going to be um, a pool in the middle. And basically, you're, there's two types of economy in this game. There is, uh, I don't know what they're called, but kind of like money to buy cards that are going to go into your discard pile, of course, building your deck. Or you're going to slay monsters that come out. And that's like battle-type points or whatever. Uh, so some of your cards are going to give you you know, points to buy cards. Some are going to give you some of those points to slaughter those uh, monsters. Now, when you kill the monsters, you're going to gain gems or victory points, basically. And then they're going to be put to the um, sent out to the void. So that's not going to go into your deck. But it can score you a decent amount of points and even give you bonuses. Um, you know, like maybe you get some points to or values or whatever you want to call it to buy new cards or something anyways so i i really like this game dean i'm it's so it's simple enough to where i can and what i like about it is it's simple enough to where i taught it on vacation to people who don't play tons of games i taught it to my 13 year old son who doesn't play tons of games and you just kind of do what the cards say you know what i mean like you gain this resource or you gain these points or you know, um, you can construct, there's constructs which actually go out into your tableau. There's the only cards that actually go into your tableau. Everything else is always discarded as you go through the deck. But I've played the base game now, and even on the app, I did play one of the expansions. I can't remember what it was, but I think it's a it's a great little game. You know, I, so again, I've, I'm I've, worried it's going to get boring after a while, a little old, uh, just because... Th- there is luck involved in this game. I mentioned this before we started the podcast, but to Dean is like, when you have those six cards out there and then whenever one gets taken, something gets flipped over, there's no doubt. And maybe great players are going to tell me, no, it's going to it's balanced out throughout the course. And maybe it is. So I, I guess it's just kind of one of those question marks in my head. But it seems like there are times when players are just getting the right cards flipped over at the right time to build their deck. And it's just tough to beat whenever that happens. Yeah, I like I said, I've only played the app version of this game. I enjoyed it when I was playing it. Nothing that really even blew my mind back then. This was, you know, pretty early on, I feel like, whenever I'd have to go back and see whatever. Yeah. It, but it, the app's been out for a long time, from what I remember. But it was, it was fine. We need, to I never, play that, we need to play it again. I never loved the art on this game. I like some of the... Yeah. There's be, a new 10th anniversary edition coming out, or came out. I'm not sure if it's out yet, but uh, it's... There's a brand new edition coming out, but... I have the third edition, the one before that. Okay. Um, and I think the art's fine on it. Tony from Rolling Dice and Taking Names, this is one of his favorite games. I, I love hearing him of talk about time. it because he, 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 yeah, I think has everything for it and really just really, really loves this I, game. Yeah. I feel like this is one of those like games I'm going to say, I really like this. And some people are going to be like, ugh. You know what I mean? Like, why? I think everyone has some of those games. I don't mean that in the sense of like that game is bad. I mean in the sense of the people who typically follow like the types of games i play you know what i mean or like, oh people oh, say that about know, my games all yeah the time. like why do you why do you like that because you're generally xyz i like it because it's a cool little easy to play deck builder that has very interesting decisions i, I talked to uh, steph hodge about it the other day when i went over and she enjoys it her and michael do so they've got a they've got a video of this one yeah they too, yeah the so new edition it's I a good game watched it yet, but. if you like deck builders um 
you know, maybe you would play it if you've played a ton of deck builders and go, this doesn't do anything special. That's very possible. There's certain games, but, though, I mean, that I don't... Dominion. So. I was going to say, there's certain games, though, that don't do anything special, but just kind of click with me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we have those games where it's just like, no, I like this. My brain, It works in my brain. I enjoy it. And I do. Ascension, I'm going to definitely pick up. My son has asked me 10 times already, what expansion are we getting next? Oh, cool. Is how much he oh, likes Oh, that's it. where it's at right there. Yeah. Um, Justin played it with me. His son, Ethan, played it. I don't really like it at four players. It's a little too long, uh, I think, but I prefer three players. Anyway, but we enjoyed it. Like, check it out. Go getting, download the app is free. Get, that's right. That's Whip right. the that's, AI and see if you're enjoying the gameplay. <laughs> and then if you do, then go buy it. Yeah, and I think there's like some some downloadable content. For there's that tons as well. of download. Like, if you want to pay money, they have like all the expansions in there. Probably. And I boost would the AI too. I, would I hope. Like, I don't know, man. I just I really don't think. I mean, from the rip i won the first game i ever played and like i wasn't even mm. understanding exactly how to play it so i mean i un- understood but you you've played star star realms right yeah okay what did you, how do you compare it to that i like star realms because um, that's a pretty simple game too i like this better okay I, I like the decisions like i like the decisions where you're trying to decide should i you know kill this monster right now to get the the victory points because you got to get victory points or it'd be better to get this card. If I get this card, how many times is this going to go through my decks and how many times can I score points with it? You know, will that card work with the, I mean, I really like that card, but it's not really working with the deck I'm building right now. You know what I mean? I don't know. Right. I just like those. So that being said, that's what we've been playing lately. Dean is pulling something that looks pretty nice. Pulling something out, out of the bag over Out here. of we a bag. It. I wish that we... You, you brought up Steph. And, and Yeah. So we thought we'd go ahead and, and bring this up, right? Yeah, so I bought a game from her, um, Steph Hodge, and you, uh, all the meeples of the rainbow. Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're on BGG at all, you probably have seen her blog at oh, some yeah. point in time. Yeah. She lives here in Tennessee, not that far from us. I picked up uh, Merlin from her the other day. We've played some games at some cons. She's super nice. We really enjoy hanging out with her when we have. <clears throat> we got to go play some games sometime <laughs> again. Yeah. We haven't done that in a while. But she... Uh, hooked us up with a couple of her calendars. That's right. You had a chance to look at these yet, John? They are fantastic. Yeah, they really they really are. Steph's amazing. She's an amazing photographer. It, it I like I really maybe this is super nerdy, but I enjoy looking at like components. Like as you were talking about Ascension, I'm going through flipping through the pictures and all that for the game, looking at the artwork and all that. What Steph does with her photography for board games is fantastic because it really does bring these games, it, it brings them into life, you know? And I like how she has them organized. So like if you go to, looking at the 2022 one this morning, if you go to December, she's got some some Christmassy games on there. And they're not necessarily all Christmassy, but she, but she has like Christmas lights behind them. So like Takedo's mm-hmm. on there for that one. But you got Christmas lights in the background. But you also have that that elf game that came out last year, the Christmas lights game. That's a, uh, I'm sorry, the, um, not Christmas lights. It's the Christmas vacation light oh, game yeah, that yeah, came yeah, out, yeah. whatever that one is. The Christmas story one's on there. Really love it. But I, and, and that's the same for all of the months. Like they're not all necessarily themed in that same way. But like if you look in the summer ones, you see, like June has uh, unfair. So you've got like theme park. You think theme parks in the summer. You've got butterflies and you've got, you know, uh, what what are those uh, bee games like um, what honey buzz? There we go. She's got them all labeled on here. But honey buzz, Meeple Land on there for another, you know, 
carnival type game that you would go to in the summer. So th- it is themed. I enjoy it. I-, I love it. Love looking at them. Yeah, I mean, it's cool, man. I mean, everyone needs a calendar. <clears throat> hey, listen, even in the... By the way, Seth, Steph's obviously not paying us to talk about this or anything, but I like to give those caveats. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because we... But anyways, every, you know we have digital calendars, yeah, but everyone wants a calendar on their fridge. I've got a calendar on my fridge. Yeah. Like, hey, I just want to go up to it and look at it. Check it out. Um, and this is cool. If you like board games, then you get to look at these board games all month and then flip to the next one. And, oh, yeah. I, I agree with you. I think it's cool how she tries to make it thematic with that. And the pictures are really, really good. Um, super high quality. Simple. Boom. Let me tell you how y'all can get in touch with them if you want it. huh? How about that? I'm going to give a couple shout-outs to her. She is punkin p-u-n-k-i-n 312 on instagram she has like twelve thousand something followers that's because she takes really good pictures and people are interested in it also if you want to look at her twitter or twitch she, she's been doing twitch for a little while now uh, that is board game er steph s-t-e-p-h board gamer steph and if you're interested in the calendar uh go to steph's shop that is s-t-e-p-h-s S-H-O-P, stephshop.ecwid.com. There we go. Boom. Hey, 312 makes me think of pizza. You ready for this? I want to have a pizza talk before we move on to the next game. All right. Okay. You've been to Chicago multiple times. You've had Chicago pizza, all that. Okay. Let me me say Chicago pizza is my favorite. Chicago style, I love it more than any other kind of pizza. Really? Yep. I love it, love it, love it. I guess if you're vegetarian, then you get a... Just a ridiculous amount of cheese in those, too. It's a lot. I don't like a lot of cheese. And in fact, a lot of times I try to go not like cheese in my diet. But if I'm on vacation, I eat a lot of sweets and a lot of cheese. Does it, okay? does it clog up your tummy? It does. Yep. Okay. So Giordano's, we did uh, Lou Malnati's pizza. Okay. I we, like we Lou Malnati's the best, probably. You like it better. Okay. I think Amanda probably liked that slightly better, too, maybe. We both like the crust better. Um, the sauce was fresher than it is at Giordano's. I, I sure. might slightly prefer Giordano's. Here's, really? Here's an unpopular opinion, John. Yeah. You it like is, Old Chicago the best? No. no. <laughs> it's not even... I never understood Old Chicago. It's not really even Chicago-style pizza. It's just pizza. Pizza Hut deep dish. Yes. Okay. It's more... It's almost like Detroit style. Almost. Not exactly. All right. Ready? Yeah. 312... Pizza in, in Nashville. Nashville, I think, has the best Chicago-style pizza. I'm on the website right now. Have you had them before? Nope. I I told Amanda I was like, I want to get it this week so I can my stomach is so growling. I can prepare it freshly in my mind. She, the owner, she's actually from Chicago, and uh, worked at one of those I think for a while. I think that's right. But anyway, so she knows Chicago-style pizza, and it's been maybe a year since I've had it. I need to take my kids here. It's real good. It's really, really good. And their pretzel bread's really good, Oh, they too. have one called the Capone. Oh, but yeah. But you could never eat it, but... Nope. Nope. Anyway. Sausage, pepperoni, Italian beef, and bacon. <laughs> so if you're in Nashville, skip the hot chicken, right? And go straight to... I don't know. I've never tried pizza. it. You never had hot chicken? I've had plenty of hot chicken, oh. but I've never tried 312, <laughs> so I can't give it my seal of approval. We don't have our own style pizza down here, though, right? There's no, like, Nashville-style pizza. Yeah, in Murfreesboro, there is. Sir Pizza. <laughs> We have I mean, thing. everybody has their pizza place. Everyone has, we've talked about this in the podcast, everyone has their like local thing that everyone loves, or not everyone, a lot of people like, but it's just not good. And Sir Pizza is basically <laughs> like um, uh, like Totino's Frozen. It is. It is. And, like, and it, I love it. I but love that's it. what I was going to say, but it's one of those like 
things were like, you know, you're up till two in the morning, like, dude, let me get some of that, you know, and you're like, yeah, this is great. Is that your favorite pizza in town since no. we're talking about that? What's no. your favorite? Uh, I think the best pizza in town is probably, um, oh gosh, what is that place called? Blaze. Is that no, 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 oh, not okay. Blaze. Uh, but Blaze is fine. Um, Boombaz? Yeah. Hey, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. I think that's probably my favorite too, which is a, I think a Louisville. Boombaz. I think it was originated in Louisville. I think that's right. Okay. We don't, there you go. Okay. Enough of that talk. We've been no going more for, pizza talk. Oh, we got another game to talk about before our reviews though. Oh yeah. Let's do it. This is good. <laughs> this is, Yeah. <laughs> we're doing great i think we're at about 30 35 36 minutes right hey we've now. hey this is something that y'all are going to be interested in i think some of you will be oh i think a lot of people Open are it up, be baby. interested in this open up the discussion corral corral by who's the designer john klaus klaus jergen reed sorry that's right big time right yeah, this is a fun tales game like so we loved glenmore 2 no doubt about it we loved i said it earlier feed the kraken now we have Corral coming out, and it is Klaus Jerkin Reed coming out with a game with Fun Tales. You think it can't be a miss for somebody who is it for somebody who doesn't know who Klaus Jerkin Reed is? Is there a game that maybe we've heard of that he's designed? Um, you can think Monopoly. of Monopoly. Okay, might as well be right. Yeah. Carcassonne. Carcassonne, which has done pretty well. A it's game, a pretty well known. Seventy thousand game. games. How many games? How that's a good question. How many Carcassonne versions are there? I don't know. He's designed 145 games, or is 144 for of that. them are probably Carcassonne. That might be right. Uh, well, Downfall of Pompeii is, is. Oh yeah, I know. That's that's number 145. That's a good one too. <laughs> <laughs> I know he did that one. But yes, I'm, you're I'm, right. I'm kind of serious. We're not talking about Carcassonne. We're talking about. <laughs> I'm just. We're talking about Corral. So tell people how to play this game. You're the one who learned the the rules for this one and taught me. Yeah, okay. So in this game, uh, first of all, you're going to be going around a giant spiral that's going to be spiraling towards the center. You're going to be building up pyramids. At the end of the game, you're going to score points for your pyramids that you have personally built up. Um, and then there's also ways you'll score points over the course of the game. There's a central pyramid that you're all building up, and when that's complete, the game is over now this is like glenmore 2 in the sense of there's a lot there, there's five modules or something there's a there's a, a not as many as glenmore 2 but there's a lot of modules so there's a base game and then you can add these pretty simple right when you say dean modules on top of it to make it a little more complicated or add a little bit of a twist yeah which, none of them are complicated when we did the video i think i re, i compared this to taverns of teeth and tall not yeah. the gameplay itself but how the you know it's a super simple game Add in all the modules, and it's a mid-weight game at that point. I 1,000% agree. And hey, I would play with every module every time if it were me. And we did yep, on I the agree. video. that mm -hmm. So we've done a video of this. It should release. It will release <clears throat> about the time uh, this podcast comes out, probably, or the day of it. Um, but it's the same exact thing where, like, the base game is, is super simple. And, and, and what's happening is is you have an architect, and you have your player pieces, and the way the game's going to start off is you're going to roll a die, and the architect's going to go one or two or zero spaces. Oh, it's a roll and move game. It's a roll and move. No, Boo. it's not. It's not. Oh, it's okay, not. it's not. Okay, all right. You Whoever just said you roll and move it. You move the architect. Okay. Uh, the player who's in first place gets to determine, because some of the, the die faces have like one or two, and you get to say, okay, well, the architect goes one or two. But then you get to go start off with four movement points, which can build up to eight, I believe, Something like that. Um, and you are going to be stopping at worker placement basic spots, which is like, 
I'm going to the quarry, and I have two of my Karali little people in there, little meeples. And so that means I gain two stone, ultra simple. Or I go to a spot that says I get two resource cards. Or I get an alpaca. That's, you know, or I can move a Karali from the supply into the quarry or move it, depending on your, uh, to a building spot to start to build a pyramid, so forth and so on. Very, very simple, but the kind of crux of it, a lot of it is to do with you have to go beyond the architect or be in the same spot of the architect to actually get to do the action. Which is interesting because that adds Mm -hmm. a lot of player interaction. If John's rolling the die, he might stop it in a place that could hurt me because he knows that I want to go back and take an action. I like that. Because you can go backwards. That's right. That's the other piece. So you're going around this spiral kind of feeling rondellish, except for you can go backwards. But again, if you go behind the architect, then you are hosed. You can't do the action. So being a first place can be kind of powerful because you can, you can you know, move it beyond where you know Dean's going to go. And some people could say that that feels mean, like the provost maybe or something in, uh, what was that game, Kalos 1303. Um, I don't think it feels that mean. No, because in Kalos, the way that works is you get all your, your workers sent out there first. And then the provost can then block them in. In this so game, you know they're going because you don't know yeah. for sure Dean's going to. And then, and then also the, yeah, I don't know. I, I it didn't feel that mean to me. Plus, I think four out of six dice faces aren't pickable. Like it's just one or two. And yeah, you just move it. Yeah. So you don't mm-hmm. really. It's not like you're constantly doing that. Um, but what you're doing is you're getting stone to go to building sites to to build up the pyramid. You're also getting resources, which are interesting. And there's two sizes of pyramids. You can build a pyramid that's a size, which is worth five value points at the end of the game, or 10 um, victory points at the end of the game. You know, one's easier and one's harder. One has three pieces, one has five pieces. This is really simple stuff. But when you get to the middle of the of the board, the end of the rondelle, that's the end of a year, and you have a celebration that takes place. Hey, how about that? You have a party. And what happens is, is the first player is going to lay down as many cards as they want to in a particular resource. This is one of the Just like a real party. Yeah, it's one of the reasons, throw the cards down. This is one of the reasons you're getting these resource cards. And so they may be a fish or brick or clay or something like that. And so when Dean lays down three fish, the next player has to, or can, probably needs to, or you lose a victory point, lay down something at least, but they can't lay down fish. How about that? Mm-hmm. And so you may lay down two clay, and the next player may go, shoot, all I have are clay and fish, and they can't lay down any of those. And when they can't, they lose a victory point. The player that lays down the most cards is going to get points based on how big the pyramid is at that point in time. So two points all the way up to six points towards the end of the game. So it can be a lot of points given on that. But here's the thing. When you give up those resources, like that is – giving up opportunities for extra um, actions during the course of the game. Dean, do you want to talk about that? Because I've been talking a lot. (laughs) Yeah. So you're talking about specifically when you're, when you're giving up, sorry, say that again, when you give up your actions. I'm just going to do it. So (laughs) (laughs) I was listening, totally listening, but I don't know what you're talking about. I was going to say, so whenever you move, and I didn't say this, when you move your piece to one of the spots, if you want to, you can give up two matching resource cards to do an extra action, which may mean like go one to three spaces oh, and right. do that action. Yeah. Or you can get another uh, build action whenever you're building a pyramid. Instead of just being able to build one level of it, you can give up 
a second stone to build another level. And so when you're giving up those resources during this like celebration, you're giving up actions. Or vice versa, when you're when you're taking the actions during the game, you're giving up cards that you want to have for your celebration yep. to make sure that you can get points. And early on, that might not make a big difference. We're going into the gameplay now. I'm yeah, just saying it. yeah, yeah. So early on, it might not make a big difference of whether or not you do that because yeah. the points that you gain aren't going to be super high. But as that pyramid in the center grows up, you're going to get more and more points. That can be a lot of points that you're passing up just to be able to you know keep those cards for extra actions that you're going right. to be able to get, which... Again, are a lot of points because if you're, you know, let's say you're using it to build up your pyramid. Now, John mentioned that you can trade in two to do that, to build up a pyramid. That's one of the the actions. But I can't do that twice with the same cards. But there is another card that lets me do that as well. And so I could straight up build a a full pyramid on my turn. If you have three stones and the four resource resource cards you need. (laughs) That's right. So... The likelihood of that might not be super high, although we've, we've nah, done you it. can do it. We've done it actually yeah. often. Not not like every turn, but again, you're passing up those cards yep. to be able to play them later on. I like that. I think that's really cool. Yeah, and the modules are going to do different things. Like they're going to make the celebration a little more interesting. Uh, basically, who has the most llamas or al- alpacas? <laughs> we call it the wrong thing. We every call it camels and llamas more I than don't we call, call it camels, alpacas. but Dina calls <laughs> Dina. <laughs> I can't talk all of a sudden. <laughs> Uh, I just mixed the word alpaca and Dean together and made it Dina. I don't... Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so yeah, so whoever has the most alpacas might, you know, get bonus points or whatever. There's an emissary board where you can send alpacas and Corali, which your Corali only... You only have a certain amount of them. So That's you got to right. make sure you're doing it and like you're using them the most efficient way for sure. They might score you a victory point um, for putting the, a pair on there or two victory points, which in this game, that can be a lot. Especially by the end, if you've gone up that emissary track and you've scored five or six victory points and gotten several resource cards and i like then, that one a lot maybe maybe like the more essential one of i the, think it is of the modules also the high the highest player on the emissary board is another addition it gets an additional four points at the end of the game which is huge too. yeah mm-hmm. so yeah i think that was probably yeah interesting but listen this is not a full-on review this is just, just kind of talking about it we did get 3d uh, prototype components and if they look anything like that they're going to be solid man you know it is. I mean, we've we've never been disappointed no. by what we've seen from Fun Tales. No. Which, when I say never, I mean there's been a what at this point just one game in an expansion released. Is that right? That's true because we haven't actually the other stuff seen has been the feed the Kraken stuff yet. But you know it's going to be good. Like yeah. they they put out solid solid components, solid gameplay. Again, John mentioned this. We don't do you know full on reviews or anything like that for these preview games, but. What are your thoughts? What are some things you like? Some things that you you know, yeah, I, might might I'm actually gonna other s- people. That's what I was gonna say. I'll, I'll kind of say it in the sense of also, if you're thinking, because this is about to go on to Kickstarter. I've got something in my throat. Hold up. <coughs> <clears throat> Sorry. There we go. Okay. Um, if you're thinking, okay, I'm listening. You got some to, peppermints right next to you. I'll take one right now. Because uh, if I'm listening to this podcast, I'm thinking, is this interesting in backing? Should I actually do it? Um, <clears throat> if you're looking for a game that you can play with, first of all. Almost anyone, you know, I've wrestled with that a little bit. The way the architect works and the the way you're trying to figure out how to be the most efficient. I think that if you were playing with your kids, you would just destroy them because they would probably be making really inefficient moves. Agreed or disagreed? At least off the at least the first time the or first two. game, yeah. But I do yeah. think this is more of a family weight game, and so I think that they might kind of grow into that. I mean, you know, speaking of Carcassonne, that's kind of the same way. You'd probably destroy your kids the first time playing. I guess Especially so. if you play like super harshly. 
Yeah, but then you add all the modules, and here's the thing. If you want a super ultra heavy game, this is not the game for you. I'm going to guess that you put all the modules in, I'd wait at around three. Yep. What about you? I don't even know if it's that high, John. Maybe. Maybe not. Somewhere. I think so. Yeah, somewhere around I there. I think I'd wait at around three. So, uh, But if you're looking for a game that's it's got very fast gameplay, like the actions are quick and you're moving through it, it's got interesting decisions with the architect. It's probably my favorite part of like trying to figure out how much do I want to push my luck. Because if I go to this spot, that's only one space in front of the architect. If someone rolls a two the next turn, then I can't do the action I really want to do, or you know, potentially, or, or whatever. Or I'm on the spot with the architect, but I want the one right in front of them. you know. And then you get hosed. Those are fun. I kind of like, you know, there's really only one resource in this game. I mean, I say that hesitantly because the Corali, the alpacas, your cards, all of those are, are types of resources or currency, mm-hmm. I guess, if you put it that way. But really, stone becomes very important in this game because you, you need to have stone to build up your uh, to build up your pyramids. And I, I, I like that because it is it's tight. You know, you can only hold your sled four, can only hold four. Yeah. And that that's really interesting. And the. There's a lot I like about this game. The the bonus cards for complete, like the objective cards for completing different objectives in the game. So that's a, that's an expansion. That's right. It's whoever I, gets to them first, and I like those. In I games. do too. I do too. I like, like you said, the player interaction. I like how they're. I like how you have to plan out what's going to happen in the future, and then kind of plan for bad things to happen. So, like, if John moves the architect too far then I'll have to do this action. But if he doesn't, then I'll, I'll be able to do these actions. And, you know, that that changes from round to round and however they're going to move that architect around. I like it. I, I really enjoy this game. There's a lot that I like about this game. The weight fits in my wheelhouse. I mean, this this whole game kind of fits right in my wheelhouse. It's, yeah. You know, like with everything in there, it feels, again, I'm going to go back to Taverns of Tiefenthal, Taverns of Tiefenthal itself is a very light game. These games play nothing alike, by the way. No, but I if I totally agree with you 100% about this. But Taverns of Tiefenthal is a very light game. This game is very light without anything else in there, right? I, I would say like very two. light. Yeah, two. Uh, so maybe not very light, but light. I wouldn't say very light, yeah. But light for like a you know full-size board game, I would say. But then you add things in there, and I, I just really enjoy that. And I, I'm in the, in the John camp where I would play pretty much every time with all the all the modules in there. There are some that I don't care as much about, like the Python one could can add a an element of I'll say meanness. You can block players. You, you can, can block spots. Well, kind of, but you can still take those spots. It's just going to cost you That's right. resources to be able to take that spot. So it's not the end of the world, but I probably wouldn't add that in, you know, for early on games. I guess I might kind of work that way in there. But overall, I like playing with all the modules together and don't feel like it's too much if you know board games. But I like easy, being able to ease people into a game. I like that. I think it's good. Yep, I agree with that. Um, I'll say this about it, and this is just my, like my personal. I love Glenmore 2, top 10 game of all time. Really love Feed the Kraken, one of my favorite social deduction games. I didn't get those types of feels with this game. I got the types of feels of this is a good solid game and I enjoy it. But you have to know what you're getting into because I would put this more than both of those. I would put this in the family game category more than Glenmore for sure. Mm-hmm. And then oh for sure. And then more than Feed the Kraken too. Even though Feed the Kraken can be played with families, I feel like this Ugh. one. <clears throat> this one feels We're both some issues. This one feels more like a family weight style game that you can introduce a lot of different people to. Sure, I don't disagree with that. So, yep. 
Yep. I That's, I I enjoy I, this one. I enjoy it. Um yeah. Yep. I'm probably going to back this one just to be That's what I'm trying that's what I'm that's what I'm thinking about. Is I probably it's probably not one for me to back. Um but I would be happy that Dean would and I would play it most of the time if someone like said, "Hey, let's play it." I'd be like, "Yeah. It's solid." Yep. So yeah. I'm more likely to back games than John is in general. Absolutely he is. I hardly ever back games. Yeah. So anyway, that is Corral. Definitely, you know, check out the video. That will give you a good idea if this mm-hmm. this is something that would be for you. Check they keep out the putting out good stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm every I'm, time. I am pleased so far yep. with them. All right, let's talk about our reviews. First, let's get to St. Petersburg. Right, John, let's talk about a game that you cannot get. It's named after me. Is that a good? It is, isn't it? Uh huh. Mc- Saint Mc- Petersburg. <laughs> That's my last name. If you didn't know, everyone. You are quite the saint, John. Saint Saint <laughs> McPetersburg. Well, I didn't add the saint part. I just said McPetersburg. <laughs> All right. So we are talking about the second edition of Saint Petersburg, not Saint McPetersburg, by Bern Brunhofer. That's right. Who did what, Dean? Stone Age, is yes, that right? Yes, exactly right. And maybe some other stuff. Probably some other stuff. And who else? There's a, there's another designer on this. Carl Heinz Schmiel. Exactly right. I'm not sure. Oh, you put me on the spot. Are you going to look that up while I'm talking about it? What do you mean? To see oh. what else. Yeah, absolutely. I to can do that. To see what else uh, Carl, Carl Heinz has done. Can I say this right before you share? If you want to get a copy of this game... In your face, losers. <gasps> Tribune. Tribune. Oh, yeah. How about that? We love that game. Yeah, in your face. You can't get this game. My hope, our, our buddy Jonathan thinks this will never get reprinted. So, so we're doing a review. This, If you hate this idea that we're doing a review of a game that you're going to have a really hard time getting, then you can get mad at Dean for it because <laughs> he pushed this very hard. I think people want to hear about games that are popular, whether they can get them or not. That's and if you like this idea, because the cheapest one on the geek market that I pull up immediately, at least like for an example, if I want to get an English version of it, um, is $125. Yeah, don't buy this. Here's my thought, though. I think Don't buy this? Don't buy this game in the aftermarket, unless you can get it cheaper, probably. But you can play this online. You can play it at Yucatan for one. And I think eventually it's going to get reprinted. That's my, that's my thought. That's my hope. If you like this game... And you like this or this idea, then you can. Um, it was my idea. <laughs> John thinks this is a terrible idea to review a game. I don't think it's a terrible idea, and I actually think it's a decent idea. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a hell mary pass. Like it's either going to be really great, or people are going to be like, "Why did you just do that?" That's why we threw it with Red Cathedral, a game that we know people are interested to hear about. Dean really wanted to do a Russian episode. I did. He did. He that's, kept saying it. That's he was, what it came down to. He was Russian to do this episode and then we both said what are some other russian games that we can talk about and we thought about it for days until john it wasn't was like really days oh yeah russian railroads <laughs> <laughs> i sold that oh yeah so we couldn't have done that we've already done that one in the past anyway. sold it okay i'm we... getting the reason because i want to get the ultimate gigantic box anyway can we talk about this now yes hey hey burn was involved in carcassonne hunters and gathers speaking of carcassonne Sounds pretty interesting. Do you care about that? He's the one that only has him for the original St. Petersburg, by the way. Oh, is that right? Carl was uh, on the second edition. 
Oh, okay. There's a lot of other games uh, credited to both of them. Can we talk about this game now? Oh, my goodness. You're the one who keeps derailing us. <laughs> okay. So in this game, this game is a, I would I would put it in the category of pretty straight up engine building. I mean, that that's what this game is. So you've got these different rounds that you're yep. going through. You've got stacks of cards. You've got your worker cards, your building cards, noble cards, and exchange cards. Now, when you add in some of the other stuff, you've also got the market mm-hmm. cards that you're going to throw in there as well. We'll kind of talk about all that. We've played with all of it, and we'll, we'll yeah, we'll talk about it as broadly and as detailed as we can. Yep. Okay. So let's say we start off with the worker phase, and the first round starts off a little bit different. I'm not going to talk about that. But in a normal phase, you're going to either buy a card that's in the tableau. So if you're playing the base game, it's got eight cards that are out there. We're talking about second edition on the flip side of the board, so you can put 10 cards out there. So you have a choice of 10 cards that you can pick that are out there. You can buy a card, so pay the cost in rubles, and then put it into your tableau, and you can uh, put those cards into your hand. You can pass, right? Yep. There's maybe something else. Maybe take an if you can take an action if you have cards that will allow you to do that. And if you pay it, put it into your tableau, at the end of the round of the worker phase, that's the phase I'm talking about specifically, Mm -hmm. then all of those cards that are in play in your worker stack are going to trigger mostly you're going to get money on those cards. The next one is the building cards plays the same way. And after you've, after you've triggered all of those worker cards, then you move on to the building phase. Okay. And it, it depends on who's going to go first on who has a different token, the starting token, and those will change throughout the game. But building cards mostly have to do with gaining points, right? Yep. Okay. Some of them will also give you rubles, but for the most part, you're looking at, this is my point building engine part yep. on the buildings. The next one is the nobles. The nobles are a combination of both of those points and money. Mostly they'll give you money when you're running it, but at the end of the game, you're going to get points for having like the more the most I'm sorry, not the most. You're going to get points for having a variety of those different noble kind of like a set collection yeah. type thing. That's right. That's right. But you're only going to have one big set basically. Yes. You can have more They have but, to be unequal. Yeah. They can't be the same card. Yeah. Okay. Then the exchange card is a combination of all of those different cards, but what they do is they build over those different cards. So, for example, if I get a worker exchange card, then I will build over a worker card, and that will give me a new, better ability than the initial worker card. You just pay the difference between those, and that's it. Okay, now if you're playing with the extra, the market part of the board, then that's going to... You've got this track where you are moving up on these different categories in the market, like moving mm-hmm. up on the chickens, moving up on the cabbage, moving up on the whatever else, okay? And then you're going to get points. Moving up on the chicken and the cabbage. That's right. You're going to get points on those different tracks if you have, if you're higher than anyone else, and then there's a second place Every point round. as well. Every round, that's right. The points get higher and higher as the game goes on. You're going to be getting more and more, more and more points on those on those tracks. Yep. And that's it. We'll talk about some other modules and things like that as we go. But that's a good good place to start. There you go. Right? For sure. What do you think about, as I mentioned, the art and the components? <clears throat> How did you get a copy of this? This I bought it in the aftermarket, actually. <laughs> really? I got a good deal. I've been watching it for a while. Like, a, I say good deal. You could get a better deal. But when you're looking at the base game and expansion, I paid like 90 for this, which is... Honestly, like as much stuff as you get in the box, it doesn't seem that crazy. If you're looking at, I, if you could have gotten the base game with expansions, you, know, yeah. you probably would have paid that much anyway. So there you go. 
Um, so art and components, I the art is meh. Okay. What about the original versus the second edition? Do you like the original version of this game? I had it pulled up a second ago, and then I closed out of it. I'm going to look at the box. I don't hate the art or anything like that. Um, ugh, I like... Mm, I don't like the original either. So the original fits the the style. Like, that style of art is what they used during that period of time, basically. That's what they were going for there. I actually kind of... It's, uh, I like it. I like actually, it. Actually, maybe I do. No, I'm zooming in on it. So initially when I played this game, I played the first edition, and I didn't love the art, but I've, it's one of those that I kind of grew kinda, to appreciate. I agree with that, actually. By the way, let me retract my last statement, because on BGG, it doesn't have um, Carl's name on here with St. Petersburg. Here it even has, on the box, I'm looking at the original box, it even has Tom Lehman on here. He did one of the one of the modules. Yep, must mm-hmm. be okay. because if you look at the designer on the original BGG page, it just has burned. So it's probably that those those fellas whoa are doing the much. Whoa, there we go. All right, heyo. These mints are good. Do mints make you sneeze sometimes? Those are good ones, aren't they? Uh huh. Those are good. Yeah, you, you should tell people what they are so that they're not wondering. Oh, they're just regular old mints from a grocery store. Oh, okay. Rouse's Market. I don't know. It's like in a Altoid tin. Yeah, but they're, they're not better strong. than Altoids. Yeah, yeah, they're not strong. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. good. I meant to say that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Are you coughing or laughing? What is that? That's a that's a smoker's laugh. Overall components, there's not a lot going on. There there are mini cards. This mini card. You got a yeah. board. You've got some tokens. You've got some wooden pieces. Nothing to really. <laughs> Nothing right like, home about, yeah, right? nothing to go, oh, that's like the worst, but nothing to say that's good. It's just nothing about it draws me to it visually. It, just be real. But is the game any good? That's the question. Dean's thinking about it. He's staring at the box, like wanting to say, I do like this. Yeah, I like the cathedral. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, but nothing like take away the box. I I like the box actually, both of them. I like the box on both of them, but the cards themselves. There's not a whole lot going on in this game, so it's not like necessarily faulting them for that. It's just recognizing like there's just not a lot going on in this game. Mm. You know? Yeah, just, just a bunch of cards with people's faces on them. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Game so play. I had no expectations for this game. I'll, honestly, I was kind of turned off by it because of how much Dean was talking about it. Oh, my goodness. I was kind of like, oh, I, I wasn't guess. talking about it that much. We're going to do this episode, this Russian episode, I guess. You know, There's so many other episodes that would have been so much more You don't like Russia? I love Russia. Mother Russia. I knew you were going to say that. Okay. Um, the game was actually fun, Dean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. What did you like about the game, John? <laughs> yeah, so it is like almost like a totally pure engine building game. Um, And what I like about it is the picking of the cards and the tightness of the economy. Yeah. So you're trying to pick what cards to go for. Like at the beginning of the game, you may really want to up that income. You are going to want to want to up the ruble income so that you can buy more cards. Um, 
it's kind of like Ascension. I mean, in the sense of like you're buying cars to gain income, but you're also buying cars to score victory points. You know what I mean? And um, and so like you have that tension of, oh man, I wouldn't mind going ahead and buying that victory point card now because it's going to be played over this many more rounds and I'm going to end up scoring this many points from it. But if I do, then I might not be able to buy more cards because I don't have the income to do that. Also, I like just like the taking of cards like what is Dean going to pick and what is that player going to pick you know you're trying to figure out oh no they took the card I wanted and then you also can put them in your hand but not in your tableau that's right you You are limited I didn't I didn't mention that you're limited to three that you can have in your hand there are some cards that can change that but at first that seems like oh that's cool I can put three whole cards in my hand I do that's how I feel because like a lot of times you're putting them into play if you can yeah but then, like, you're like, get a card, you're like, I'm stuck with this card. I can't get the income to get it. You're like, I'm stuck with this card, too. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, this is so tight. And if you don't get rid of those cards by the end of the game, you're going to lose points for them. So you really, if you're going to take something in your hand, you better make sure that it's something that you're going to be able to build at some point. And and I, that adds to that tension of, okay, I really got to get <laughs> really got to get this card out of my hand. Yeah. Um, at the beginning of the game, I didn't mention this, the first round. So you're actually, you have to buy a card from that, you know, a worker card. And so every player is going to have to buy two of those. And then you're going to immediately gain, going to gain that, the rubles back. So each one of those is going to be worth three, kind of, for the most part, they're all going to be worth three rubles. Some things may change that, like some of the overbuilt cards and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's it's pretty like it's a pretty simple idea but the tenseness of this game is really what adds to why a player might like this or not like this would you mm-hmm. would you say that's pretty accurate sure yeah 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 you know it's there's not tons to talk about you know i mean there's a lot of different modules and stuff like that that i i really do like the modules that are added to it i like the market one that dean mentioned i think that's really cool how you're you know making those decisions now of do i want to go up the chickens or the cabbage as he said, and like I like that in games where you're battling the other players. Um, there's also you get something for second place as well, right? That's right. Yeah. So like even if you're playing two players, then you're gonna get something if I grab something on here, you know. That's right. So I mean that's cool, but also I like the gate the expansion too. How like you're getting to like places on the victory point track and you might actually get blocked and can't go through if you don't have the right cards or you can get a bonus when you go through that gate i think that's cool i actually enjoy that it's simple and i think that that's neat yeah i i agree with that i think that is good especially because so i think this game has a runaway leader problem at least in the games that i've played and it and dean was the runaway leader every time (laughs) but you can tell if you're just looking at the base game you can kind of tell okay this person's probably going to win and the game could potentially go on a little bit longer than you might want it to in that case, it's almost like a, a power grid issue that I've had in the past. Like oftentimes in the games that I've played power grid, which has not been a ton, but in the games of power grid that I've played, I've known who's going to be the winner for a while. And then you're just kind of playing it out. This can have that, but there are some elements in those modules that help with for some sure. of that. The gate being one of those because it slows you down, potentially slows you down. It might not at all. Like you, it's just that you have to prepare for the gates at that point. Yeah, you can move That's right through cool them. Thing it doesn't is stop you. You but. see it from the beginning of the game, right? So it's not like you kind of have to kick yourself. Yep. If you don't get through it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You or, know. well... The cards may not come out the right way. That's right. Especially some of the cards that might... Now, the gates that come out, and I think this is interesting, you're going to put them out on the board, but it has a different value of what you need to have. So, for example, if it says that you have to have, 
let's say, what are the uh, exchange cards, for example. It might say that you have to have one exchange card through that first gate. Later on in the game, you might have to have four exchange cards or something along those lines. So depending on where you are on the scoring track, it's going to change, you know, the value that you that you need to have. It's why they call this a really gate, great Gatesway game. There we go. That's pretty um, good. But, yeah, and I, I agree with the whole runaway. Like, I, 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 it really does feel similar to, like, the power grid type thing. However, I think because of that, if you have good players, it's probably not going to happen. Like, players at the same level. That much. Like, I just think you're better than me at this game. Boom. I think if we play it again, maybe it'll be a little bit better. I've gotten increasingly better. Yeah. Now, I mean, it's gotten increasingly it, closer. But it, but it is. Like, when you're just in any engine building game, if, if without proper with not proper without checks and balances which some people don't even want those if you're building and getting more stuff you're just gonna win like if if dean has i mean there's only a couple things you're getting money and victory points and then maybe the market and stuff if you're doing that so if dean's got a huge income to get more money he can buy more things which then leads to him beating even worse (laughs) really hard to come back Whenever that's the case. Or yeah. And it's one of those games where you do need to have a money engine built and then kind of build sure. up your... But you can get a point-building engine at the very beginning of this game and get some points really early on. Mm. But I do think it's one of those that you need to build up more money so that you can buy some of those higher point cards, you know, yep. engine point cards. Now, a couple of the other modules, one of them that adds in these purple cards. And the purple cards are a zero cost. But you have to take them into your hand and then later on play them. And when you play them, they're going to give you yeah, different, those are cool. They're they're going to give you different boosts. And I like that because they don't cost money, and, and because money is tight in this game, those can be a big boost for somebody who needs those at the right time. That's it. There's the assistance, which allow you to get a discount. So, like if we are, let's say we're playing a two-player game, you'll have the architect and I think the lawyer in a two-player game. One gives you a the architect gives you a one ruble discount on the blue buildings that you're going to build and Mm -hmm. then the architect i'm sorry the lawyer gives you a one ruble discount on the red cards that you're going to buy i think that's pretty interesting and something easy that you can just throw in the events where you can just take an event sometime during the game that gives you a little boost um that's probably my least favorite out of all these you're going to have the assignments so that's pretty interesting it's like an objective card that everyone has now, you start off with three, but as the game moves on, you're going to have to discard one and then discard another. So you're only going to have one of those cards, yeah. and that's going to give you points at the end of the game as well. And then uh, that kind of covers it. There's some other modules, but that's kind of the, the gist of how, how all that plays that's out. That's right. I like throwing in most of that stuff. I don't feel like I need all of it. But throwing in some of those pieces, like you talked about the obstacles, doesn't add too much complexity to the game, but I think it adds yeah. enough of like interesting things to it. Yep. Sound good? There you go. Is that it? Is that all, the whole review? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I mean, um, let's do our final thoughts, right? Fun little, fun engine building game. I like the decisions, the tightness of the economy, the decisions that you have to make on what card do I want? And I'm trying to figure out what card Dean wants because you know, if he wants the same card as me, then I kind of want that one. Then I'm going to grab the snake that up first because maybe he won't take this other one that I want. You know, just those, those kind of like decisions that you're making anytime you're, you know, drawing from a center board or whatever um but it does kind of have uh, i agree like in the games i've played that runaway leader like yeah like you're f- several rounds into it pushing towards the end you're like this is over dean's gonna win there's nothing i can do about it unless really, you happen to have a ton of money that you can really boost yeah. your your 
point engine, but it might be too late at that point. I think so. A lot of times in our games, it has been. Yeah. Um, so that, that and so it's kind of like you're delaying the inevitable, and that kind of feeling is not super exciting. Now, there's other board games where you know it's going to happen. Um, I think that knocks it a little for me mm-hmm. down. It's still really good. I'm gonna give this eight out of ten. Okay, solid eight out of ten, which means I'm usually willing to play it. I'm also going to suggest it, um, and I'm not going to often turn down a game of it. It's a it's a cool game. Yep. I'm not going to go spend a hundred dollars for it. If they reprinted it, I would probably buy it though. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm I'm right there with you, John. I I'm I'm at an eight on this one. I really really like this one. It's a high eight for me. Closer. Maybe closer to an eight and a half, but it's not quite on that level. I I enjoy just the pureness of that engine builder. I think that's a lot of fun. I like the player interaction in, you know, I'm going to try to get this card before you do. I think that's fun. I think that it's a pretty simple game, but when you add in those modules, so I'm a little less on this game when it's just the base game. Add in those modules, add in that market I think that's that really boosted up for me quite a bit. And this is one I, I really enjoy. So that's an eight for me as well. So eight for me. We eight agree. From John. Yeah, we do. How about that? That is St. Petersburg's second edition. Let's talk about Red Cathedral next. Hey, John. Let's talk about another Russian-themed game. All right, here we go. <laughs> you sound, You're so excited. You sound very excited about this. This hey. is a Devere game, Red Cathedral. Hey, hey, let's talk about this. Okay. Thank you, Devere. I mentioned on the Luna Capital um, episode, hey, I wouldn't mind, I'd like to review this, and they sent a copy. So, pretty sweet. There we go. So, people do listen. That You know, whenever we make those random things, we're like, you know, Michael Jackson, are you listening right now? And then he might actually be. Mike, Michael Jackson is listening to our podcast? Is that what? I mean, it could, I, I don't want to break it to you, John. I don't know if he is. Why? He, <laughs> I'm not going to bring it up again. Dang it. I tried. You want me? <laughs> I, I was reeling him in with the fit. Like, you know, I was hoping, obviously, if you've been listening to our podcast, that he would mention that Michael Jackson is dead, which would have been the third time he mentioned death in this episode, which he said he wouldn't do. I almost got you, didn't I'm I? Really, I'm really harsh almost in your mellow, you. John. Ooh, that was a really good one for me. <laughs> 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 oh. Okay, why don't you talk about this? I've been, I've been talking about everything else. We're talking about Red Cathedral. This is by, like we said, Devere Games. This is designer uh, Israsi, who has done... Oh, goodness. I couldn't see it on here. Um, a few other games has done smoothies, has done Aloha. Making me hungry. Pioha, ramen. Okay. There we go. All is right. That, is that a good enough setup for That's you? That's good enough. So you're building up St. Basil's Cathedral in Moscow. Okay? And Shy S. As ordered one? by Ivan the Terrible. Shay. Shay S. Sorry. Oh, man. Okay, go ahead. Are you ready? Yep. We just. I am, I'm already going. <laughs> okay. You're just interrupting me, so... Uh, in this game, you're actually building up this cathedral together. So you have a cathedral that has tiles that need resources. Um, so in order to build up the cathedral, you've got to go around this circle, rondellish thing that's going to help you select your actions, I'll talk about here in a second, to get the resources to flip over the cards to be able to build in this cathedral. So on your turn, what you're going to do is you're going to have a few choices, right, Dean? One thing that you can do is you can take one of your banners and you can put it in the cathedral saying, I got dibs on this spot. You can't go there. 
Yep. That's it. That's a whole turn, though. How about that? That's it. Just calling dibs is your whole turn. It's actually not the whole turn. Because whenever you place the banner, an intriguing piece is that there is a tile on that. And if you have two bucks, three bucks, four bucks, depends on what side of the board you're on. One side of the board, you can pay two to four dollars, or the other side, it's always three dollars. You can take one of those tiles, and if you have the money, pay it to put it onto your board to where now every time you might use the green die when you action select, you're going to also gain a stone. Or you can gain the action of where the red die is, or whatever it may be. So putting the banners out, I like that. that's little, an important little, little piece to that, right? Having the money when you put your banner out. Not little just, engine building. Yeah, it, it causes you not to go, well, I got because you might go, well, why don't you just call dibs on everything? Well, that's why, because you don't got the money to call dibs on everything. If you don't want to build engines, you can. But then what you're going to do is you're going to look at the die around the board, and they have, I think there's eight different spots, right? Yeah, because it's in quarters and there's two per thing. I'm actually going to pull it up here so that I don't mess something up oh my gosh give me a stop giving me these artistic pictures just give me a picture of the dang thing okay oh my goodness tell you what you're talking about death on this game on this on i this, actually uh, love artistic podcast pictures. as well why I'm talking about the die oh all right yeah, that's not bad okay did i say the word die you did i was gonna say it earlier and it would have interrupted you i don't want to do that so go ahead all right so the die <laughs> all the dice are gonna have of course values they're just one d6 die dice and if you <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know. And yeah. now I'm all flustered. <laughs> so if you pick up a green that has a five on it, you're going to move five spots in this circle. And again, it's got eight pieces to it. And then you're going to get to do the action there. Uh, but you're also going to get to do the action multiplied times how many, if there's already a die or if there are dice there. So if the green die ends on a spot with one more die that can get you gold, guess what you get? Two gold. Pretty simple, right? Mm-hmm. Um and then on top of that, when that happens, every quarter of the board has like a special card that is different every game, right? Uh, that you're going to place them out there. So you might get to do potentially another action because of that. You might be able to trade in resources for another resource, or you might get, there's always two choices in it. Or you might get a victory point, or if you pay three bucks, you can get a prestige point, which is way bigger and badder, and we'll talk about that kind of stuff later on. That's kind of the gist of how the game's played. You're gathering those resources to then go to the places in the cathedral that you have banners that say you need, you know, two stone, a wood, and a gold to complete this section. When you get it, you flip it over, score victory points, um, whatever. What are they called? What are those points called? There's prestige points, and what's the other? Influence. Influence, there we go. Influence, and you might get some rubles. You will probably get that for doing that. But that's kind of the the game. That's good. Art and components. Art and components are excellent. Yeah, I really like them. Love. I'm going to talk about the art right off the bat. I love the art. It's I mean, great. It's, it's, it's really good. Fantastic. I love it. On the box, there's not a ton of art when you're looking at like, well, the board it, it itself has some art, but there other than In that, the center of the board like a, is beautiful. It is. It, it has the four different seasons yeah. based on those four different areas of actions that you can take. Love it. So I, I've and the, the all the components they're not just cubes and they could be. They're all, you know, custom little meeples for the wood, for the, the jewels are plastic and shaped like the different jewels, the, yep, everything, the banners, all of it, really nice, chunky wood pieces there, but it's, here's the thing, it's in a small box, it's almost, I think I compared this in the video to like a Clans of Caledonia when I'm talking about the components, you know, like you've got like that really yeah. thin box of Clans of Caledonia and it's really hard to stuff everything in there. This game's like that. So that could be a negative. Some people might want a little bigger box. Yeah. 
I'm fine with it. I knew you would love those components. That's that is good. Yeah. I saw it in your eyes. I said he's got. There's something a sparkle here. in my eyes. <laughs> uh, I love the components and the art. Boom, done. It's for all those reasons. So that you Dean would said. say that they were good. <laughs> Dean's holding up a wood component. There we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't shoot a brick on that one. There we go. Not too bad. All right. All right. That joke was gold. <laughs> Dude, we could do this all day for real good. <laughs> well, we're going to run out of resources eventually. Yeah, we can make up some though. <laughs> all right. So, with that being said, was the game good? What did you like? What did you not like about the gameplay? Devere, we mentioned this a few episodes ago. We gener- we are liking everything they come out with. But do we like this game? They designed games for Dean. That's what I think. I'm I'm convinced of that. Dean Dean Games that we designed game Devere Games we designed games that appeal to Dean that that's their tagline. Are you finished yet? Okay. <laughs> Jeez. All right. That was my love letter to Devere. Can you just talk about it if you like? <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Here's what I like about this game, John. I like the simplicity of the game. Okay. I like that you're just on your turn. You're just going to be doing one thing, but. When you gain resources, there's lots to think about, right? Mm-hmm. When every, you know, not just gaining resources, everything you need to think about a lot of things. But when you're gaining resources, you need to think about what resources am I going to gain from the dice? Mm-hmm. What resources am I going to gain from my engine that I've built? What resources am I going to gain or what, what kind of benefit am I going to gain from the card? And so depending on what's most important out of those things can make your decisions, especially your first game, maybe even a little lengthy because you have to think about all of those different things that you're trying to benefit from. And I like that because it's simple, but those decisions are grueling because you have to think about so many different things. Now, I will say this too. The first game, when you're counting the movement of the dice on the board, that can be kind of annoying maybe until you realize, like we did, maybe a little too late, if you move four spaces, you're straight across on the other side, and that helps you kind of manage where you're going to move those dice on the board. Yeah, well, you kept telling me that. Yep. It's four. It's right across, John. John, hey, Go wake up. Go across. Stop counting. McFly, McPeters. There we go. McPeters. McPeters. All right. Yeah. So that's one of the things that I love about <laughs> no, the game. Yeah, I mean, I think that like when you first start playing, like you said, especially whenever you haven't put a banner out, when you start to put banners out, it starts to... I mean, you have to go for those resources. I mean, you don't have to, but you you know, kind of pulls you in a direction. And yeah. It's not quite as stressful, especially if you're getting close to finishing one of the sections. And you're like, oh, I really, just need wood. How can I get wood? Maybe that's not the most efficient part, though, because another thing that is cool about it, Dean, is that you have a certain amount of resources that you can hold, and your banners are covering up those resources. So there's always that tension, and even a push your luck element too. I really, I'm gonna grab these, but I'm I'm. Uh, if I go for that one, then I might need this resource and I don't have it. And, oh, man, what do I do? Am I going to have enough spots to get the resources that I need? You know what I mean? Like, there's mm-hmm. there's a lot of those moments, I feel like, um, in the game. And I like that part about it. Yeah. Yeah, I do, too. I, I think that's really, really cool. Now, one Push of your the- luck's not the right word, but... Anyways. Yeah, but there is that there is that element of that in this game a little bit, trying to figure out, like, if I'm going to take this spot... If I want this resource, I might want to take it now instead of waiting because what happens is you re-roll those dice on the spot that you just take, and that can change up the entire board. Now, sometimes you want that to happen because there's nothing out there that you can really, really... Well, let me take that back. There's always something that will benefit you in taking the resources, I think. 
But there are some things that will be really beneficial and some things that are just maybe kind of beneficial. Mm -hmm. So I might want to slow play just so that John will take his action to re-roll those dice that are out there. And maybe that will shake things up enough to benefit me more in future turns. And I I enjoy that quite a bit, which you do have a little bit of that slow playing element of, well, I can't really take all the resources that I want right now. So why don't I just go ahead and and claim one of these cards or do something else that, you know, deliver some goods, even though it might not fully benefit me right now. Yeah. And then you also have that decision with those cards in each quarter, you know, like, man, I like that gold. I really want gold, but man, if I went to this spot, I could trade in these resources to get a gold and also get this resource. So maybe that's worth it. Maybe I need to get the, maybe I need to get the monies, you know, because monies are really important in this game. Or then you have the temptations of, man, I don't really need that, but I could get three of those right now. And if I play that, that's what I was kind of mentioning when I talked about pusher. Like when I, when I, when you play with that tightness of the board and like how many resources you can get, you're kind of going, oh, is this the right move or not? I do that a lot. I feel like, like trying to go for that. This is a game about being the most efficient. Yeah. You're building up things and you're trying to be more efficient than your opponents. Yeah, that's right. But in... In the grand scheme of things, you're really just collecting resources and delivering resources. That's it. Yeah. Which is maybe if if I remember you talking about this, maybe kind of a negative for you, maybe. Yeah. Um Yeah, I was trying to think of one more thing that I was going to say positively before I say anything, um the negative part. Because we usually do that. You just talk about positives and then go oh, to negatives. So, sorry. Well, Dean two point Dean on today's episode. Wants to just talk about negative things, so. Wow. You're trying to push me into the, <laughs> I know. That's it. That's really sad, actually. I mean, I, I can talk about some more positive things. Go ahead. Why, like there was something I really wanted to mention first. I really like, okay, the, I like the tension of this game of when, the timing tension that comes in this game. Like, okay, you know what I mean? Like, I need to build this up really fast. One thing, I don't know if you mentioned this or not, but the, you have this uh, area control or area majority piece of the cathedral. So if I am, if I have more presence in this one column of cards that we're building up and this column is completed, then I'm going to get more points than John is. And I think that's interesting. But what happens is the timing tension comes in, is in if I build this piece that's above John's, before he does, I might make him lose some prestige points or, or a prestige point. Well, potentially multiple prestige points if he has multiple pieces that aren't built up yet. And that timing because becomes really important, and I like that. And, and it also becomes important for, this will be a part of that I talk about in a negative way, but the the timing of like building the, the cathedral pieces versus building the yeah. ornaments on there. Let me hold off on that just a, a minute. But the timing piece of this, I, I, I like. I think it's interesting. Well, it's it goes into what you're saying there. What I was going to mention was the prestige versus influence. Oh, how, yeah. How I like how... So influence is basically like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. And it is... There you may have a prestige. Let me pull this up here. At the beginning, every four. Four, yeah. I think. Uh-huh. So every four influence, victory, whatever you want to call it. But at the end of the game, all that matters is your prestige. Yep. And so what Dean's talking about too is that whenever you hold off, uh, you may hold off to complete a piece because you want to put an ornament on because early in the game, you can spend two jewels, different types of jewels, and move up three prestige, which is a ton of influence. Yes. If it's four for every one. So you're talking about, now it does pretty quickly go down to like three yeah. and then goes down to two. So you could be talking about a nine point jump you know, versus waiting till later in the game and putting the ornament on there and you're going up three points. 
Yeah. Uh-huh. Huge difference. Yep. That is probably one of my favorite parts of the game is that tension. I kind of go back to St. Petersburg and talking about what do I get the victory points now or do I wait and get yeah. the income now? And uh-huh. like, how do you, how do you balance all that? I think that I, this is not a one-to-one comparison, but it feels the most like Raja the Ganges than, than any other game that I've played as far as huh. point scoring goes. Cause in, in that game, you're moving in two different re- directions. One is your income and then one is your, sure. uh, maybe prestige or influence or something like that. And that's worth two income every time you move up that other prestige ones. This one feels that way, except you're moving in the same direction and you're going to be gaining influence and prestige as you move around the board. Cause if you complete a column on your board, those are going to be worth influence. I I think that's really interesting. What John's saying, you want to get prestige as much as you possibly can at the beginning of the game. And then as the game goes on, it doesn't matter influence or prestige. They're going to be worth the same amount. Yep. 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 So um, negatives would be, you know, I what Dean was talking about. It felt like I guess I didn't get a super satisfaction. I loved the way the rondel, the circle worked, and the way the action selection worked. I thought that was really clever and all that stuff. But I personally didn't get a ton of satisfaction. I can't get no, mm, mm-hmm. no, 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 uh, from trading in four resources to flip a card over that we're building in the same thing. Um, it wasn't that bad or anything like that. It's just, there was something about this game that made me like, I was super hype about this. You know, I was, yeah, I've been talking about this game since it came out. I couldn't wait to play it. And I feel like overall, it's a great solid, this is solid game, good game, Mm -hmm. but doesn't have me going. It's in the upper echelon of games that I love. Like doesn't have you juiced. Yeah. It's got some cool mechanics. I like it. Um, but yeah, there's something about it that doesn't have me super juice. But I do like the game. Don't let that make you feel like mm. I get why people really like it. But the thing for you is that it's at the end of the day you're collecting resources, spending those to resources flip over a card. to flip over a card. And okay. then like you, the air control thing is like <clears throat> depending on how many players you have, it, it wasn't it doesn't seem as super exciting, interesting. You can get a lot me. of points from you that, can, though. but it feels like it balances out pretty well. Like every game we've played. Like, it hasn't been... I think every game we've played, we've almost scored identical amounts. Almost. There is one where it's I had... It's hard a, to really whip your opponents in that. Yeah. I feel like. But I you can really wrong. hose your opponents in that. There was one that I was going to get a lot of points, but you purposefully did not complete that section so that it wouldn't score. Sure, I did. And that's, that hurt me because I was going to get more points than you, which was a pretty significant... So, first place gets all the points yeah. for the ornaments, for the, you know, the... Yeah. Uh, your flags and all that. Yeah. Um, the well okay so basically it's it's two points for a column plus one point for every ornament that's in there this was one that had a lot of ornaments in it okay first place gets all the points and second place gets half those points yep. now in the two-player game you're right it's i don't think it's as interesting as it is in a higher player count because you can get no points for not having any presence in there yeah i mean you can definitely i mean like you can <clears throat> one of the things that i do like is the cathedral has different shapes you flip over a card it's not the same uh, the columns and the rows are not the same amount every single time. Yeah. So if you have one that's a really tall section, that might be a highly sought after one because you may have more ornaments on that than others, which could score you some more points. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but maybe people don't put ornaments on that as much. You know, you never know how the game plays out. But anyways. Now, speaking of ornaments, that's that's a negative that I've got for me is that the timing is the thing that I really like, but it's also a piece that I don't love because if John's, for example, has a bunch of ornaments ready to go okay i can build a piece 
And then John can immediately put an ornament on the piece that I just built. And that's that's okay. You can build an ornament yeah. on somebody else's piece of the wall, which is going to give him a lot of points right off the bat. So if you're playing the basic game without the without the advanced side of the board... Advanced side's better. I think so, too. Because you can just sit there and wait. As long as you're gaining jewels and the resource you need to be able to put those ornaments out there, you can really snake a lot of points early on in yeah. the game. Now... I, I think there's some other things that kind of balance that out a little bit, but I think the advanced side of the board really balances that out because you have to unlock your pieces before you can just put them out there. So you can't just have everything available. That's interesting. I, I like mm-hmm. that better, but it's still one of those frustrations that I have in the game. Now it doesn't hurt it a ton because I still really love this yeah. game, but it still is, it's a negative for me for sure. Yeah. So my final thoughts okay. are, uh, I enjoy the game. Definitely. It's same thing. Every, Devere puts out good stuff. I always, always enjoy their games. This is a game I enjoyed. Um, this is a game I think a lot of people are going to enjoy a ton. I wasn't just blown away by it because of things I talked about, but it was still a really solid game, and I'm, I'm, I'm careful because I don't want people to think John didn't like it. I did like it. I do like this game. I think it was expectations. Yep. I was expecting this to be like a quicker, you know, 30, 60, or 60-minute, 60 excuse me, game that I just loved, and it was a go-to all the time it's just not that it's seven and a half out of ten which is a good score i'm usually willing to play it um i'm not going to be suggesting it all the time just because there's some other games that are kind of in that weight and stuff that i would rather play yeah but it's a really good game and i again totally understand why people love it so out of the russian games we uh, it's talked a good about game today, let me say it's a good game you like st petersburg better i do and i would have not I, when we started this episode or started preparing for it i would have Easily said, there's no way that I'm going to like St. Peter. Oh, maybe not no way. Yeah. But I would assume I would like Red Cathedral better. But it just, uh, I don't. Okay. But I like them both. Yeah. Yeah, we've definitely had fun playing both of these games. Yeah, for sure. I would say, um, so the negative, you know, that, that negative piece does bump it down, does drop it a little bit for me. Overall, I tend to like games where I'm just taking one action and doing that thing, but I want to have good decisions in that like I want to have to think about my decisions and this is one that that really does that well for me and it's kind of a signature for some of the Devere games that we like the most right like the uh, Parasity of Lights fits in that category very mm-hmm. very much yep this game for me does as well because I'm if I'm going to gather resources I do have to think about those three pieces I have to think about my engine I have to think about where the dice are going I have to think about what cards are going to be in that spot I also like the variability in this game it's not I would say it's not like through the roof, but the fact that those cards change every game, the different spots around the board change every game, so that's mm-hmm. going to be different. You know, that's again, you're you're essentially like John said, you're collecting resources and spending them to delivering them to build those different pieces of the wall. So the variability is not like through the roof, but I still like it, you yep. know. And so I I really really enjoy this game a lot. I'm going to give this one an eight and a half out of five. Ooh, that's I like this high, one baby. better than St. Petersburg. One of my favorites of the year potentially could have made my top ten for 2020 games had we played it. This was one that I did, my expectations were not nearly as high as what John had on this game. I wasn't sure if I was even going to like this game a lot, but it's it fits in that it's a 2.8 weight, wow. which you know is is a weight that yep. I mean my top I think 25 50 games or something like that average out to be 2.8. So that's really is my sweet spot. This midweight euro with like doing one thing but having interesting decisions like that's that's my jam and so this one fit right in that spot. There you go. Love this one quite a bit. Eight and a half for me. 
8 from John. Next up, we're going to be talking about our top Essence Spiel games. All right, Meeple Town, here it is, Dean. Who is excited for Essen? People going you, to Essen, probably. Are you, You're not excited? I mean, I'm not going to Essen. Yeah, but I mean, Spiel. are you excited about all the games that are coming out? Because that's what we're talking about right now. You want to start we're that hype. Do you want to talk about that first, like how we're excited you are? Man, I'm go. Are it's you? go time. Dude, okay. this is my favorite time of the board game year. Is that right? This is Christmas for board games for me. Okay. Come on. Is that not right? I mean, this is when all these amazing games, particularly a lot of good Euros That's are coming right. out, which is like my favorite thing. It's my jam. Right now, we are going to talk about our 10 most anticipated Essence Spiel games. And you're going to kick it off, Dean. I, I am. I am. Yeah. I am. Hey, I just right. want to let you know that before we do this, just less is more. Okay. Don't, okay. get, don't get going off on some kind of crazy tangent or something. Okay. All right. My number 10 is less is more. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> you can't cheat like that. But that was a good one. That was a good one. That was pretty good. Okay. okay. Um, let me, let me, before we start, John, I was going to say something actually. Okay? okay. All right. I'm not doing reprints if I'm, me I don't neither. think, I don't think these are reprints. Um, I don't oh think boy. so. Maybe they are. <laughs> And I'm not doing expansions, although I'm super excited about some expansions coming out, like the Paris, totally the Lights, the Arnak. There's some other ones coming out. Okay. Super pumped, but I didn't want to put them on my list. Okay? Same exact thing. Now, party time. It's party time. Because why? Less is more. There we go. Less is more. Let me... Uh, That's your number 10. Give my number 11, too, in this. Million Dollar Script. What? Either one of these could have made my top 10, probably. You're always doing that kind of stuff. I know. It's irritating. I got to throw that in there. What's <laughs> my, number 12. my top 11 <laughs> so i knew that i wanted to put one of these party games on there both of them looked really cool i do think million dollar script is probably a little more situational with you like you really have to have the right group because you're you're making these pitches to hollywood execs about your uh about your movie okay but with less that's, is more I that's feel a like portal it's a, game yeah that's right less okay. is more i feel like is it maybe a little bit more approachable okay in this game, now, by the way, I won't be able to give you all details on all of the games that I'm going to talk about, but I can this one, I think. So in this game, basically, you're going to get a clue, John, okay? And you're trying to give me the hint so that I guess the clue, okay? Yeah. But less is more. So you want to do that in as little amount of letters as you can, mm. okay? So the example they give on the page is if your clue is Berlin, then you could write Capital Germany, or you could go with cap germ or you could go cap de hoping that i'll be able to get it with the least amount of letters yep sound cool actually it does yeah i, I love that idea i think it, it's cool it has a like uh, there's only a few pictures so i'm leaving on the youtubes oh wait we're not even doing youtubes right now i'm recording it for no reason we're doing the we're, we're doing on, the podcast on youtube are we doing top 10 on youtube oh we are <laughs> <laughs> i mean you have a camera in our hey, face. YouTubes. Yeah, okay, we're my on bad. both, podcast and YouTube. Yeah, okay. We were going to just do the top five on our podcast if it got too lengthy is what we talked about. That's right. But we're you're, just going to go ahead and give them it all. You're also the one who, who set the camera up. I am. Okay. Yeah, I know. You know, things happen. So it absolutely has like a just one feel, right? When you're looking at yeah, that picture, uh -huh. like writing on these, these boards like that. It is interesting that they've taken, they're doing the scores, it looks like, on um, the box, like... Oh, what was that N Nile game that I? Uh -huh. Oh, um, uh, King Tut. Um, yep. 
Yep. Uh-huh. Dude, I'm drawing a total mind blank right now. Are you? Yep. Tutankhamen. There it is. Tutankhamen. There we go. All right. Anyways, yeah, this actually looks really good, and I'm very interested in this game. Yeah, the designer too is Ralph Zur Linde, Lind, and uh, Lind, I believe that's right. Who's done Finca? Who did Dizzle? Who did Milestone? So has done a lot of games. Animals on Board, which is one that I really enjoy. I'm, I'm pumped about this. The Robinsberger game. Bring it on. Bring on the party game. I usually like to have a party game. At you least do. one on this list. It could have been two this time. It's intrigued me. All right, so that's your number 10. That is less is more. My number 10 is very similar. It is a quick party game. I doubt that. It is called Voidfall. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it is the anti-party game. We hate parties. Okay, so we recently did Imperium Classics, and it is by the same design team, David Tursky and uh, Nigel Buckle. Now, this has been described as like a 4E Euro-style game, which... What's E? X. <laughs> I think because I said You're Euro. Like I th- the worst Amerithrasher Euro, ever. Euro starts with E. <laughs> I just made, look, no, I just made up a new thing. I mean, It's called 4E. Technically, they do start with E, so you're not wrong. Yeah, that's right. But nobody calls it 4X game. I have no idea why I said that. <laughs> um, if you are on the YouTubes, you are looking at some pretty nice looking boards right dean like you're intrigued by that but this is a heavy game this is over four that's why and that's why i have it a little bit lower because this seems like a pretty heavy duty thing but it intrigues me because the design team but also intrigues me because it's a mind clash game and i really like the stuff that mind clash puts out i haven't watched i've watched some videos on this i haven't watched a ton of stuff on the actual gameplay of it but this video we're doing today is a lot of it's just trying to intrigue you, right? Like, yeah. okay, I want to go look more into that. It's not to explain everything about the game. So anyways, if a uh, big old juicy Euro game with that design team and Mind Clash is interesting to you like it is to me, it's my number 10. There you go. Okay. Voidfall. All right. What's your number nine? Voidfall is not going to be on my list. I know. Do you care? You're kind of intrigued by it, but it's too big, right? Yep. It's uh, not too big. It's too heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Though? It Maybe looks you would cool, like it. and yeah. it's getting a lot of really positive buzz. So I hope it's great, and I want to play it, but it's ooh, it's a lot. See what happens. It's a lot. Okay. All right. What's your number nine? My number nine is a thematic game called Ultra. This is by designer Antoine Bowser and art by Vincent Dutre. I didn't Dutre. know that. I did not know that Bowser did that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Vincent Dutre art, too. You love Vincent Dutre. I do like Vincent Dutre. Then now, unfortunately, there's not a ton of pictures on BGG for the YouTubes, so I'm going to pull up the few that there are, but that looks gorgeous. It does. Yeah, it wow. looks it looks incredible. I've watched a little bit of gameplay and kind of introduction stuff to this game, and I'm I'm really intrigued by this. I could see this one being better than like a number nine out mm. of all these. It could be, it has the potential to be an amazing game, but this is a cooperative game, kind of a tower defense. It's got some, uh, it's a storytelling game. It's, um, I don't think it's campaign based, but I think it's like a, um, yeah, yeah. It's, but it's got different scenarios that you're playing and they're all like story based scenarios that you're playing where you're trying to defend the cap, uh, the castle, right? So this is your, your nice in a fallen kingdom. <clears throat> And they're trying to protect their people. That that's what it is. And I, if I understood this right, it's kind of a one one off type situation. I don't think it's a. I could be wrong about that. I don't think it's a. Um, 
I, I don't think you're going to be changing things throughout the game. What's the word I'm looking hmm. for? My goodness. I don't know. Legacy. I don't think it's a legacy oh, game. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't think, but it is like a kind of one-off. Once you've played the scenarios, scenarios you kind of know what you're what you're getting into getting at to. that point. So Seems fine. Not super interested in it. Wow. Yeah, I'm just being honest with you. <laughs> yeah, not your style for sure. No, and, it's, and I mean, it's fine. I mean, I would play it, but I just, I'm not super interested in that. I, I like Antoine Bowser quite a bit, too, and so that, that definitely adds to it. So number nine for Dean is Ultra. My number nine is another light game, Tabanusi. Oh my goodness, the builders of Ur. Did you rank these by heaviness? Are these <laughs> are these getting? It's interesting lighter? though. My list doesn't just have heavy games on there for sure. Um, that this actually are heavier ones at the bottom of my list if you think about it, huh? That's um, true. So, anyways, I mean, I don't have a ton of. I have not looked super deeply into this game. I'm just being real with you. Um, Daniele Tassini has put out a lot of games that I enjoy, so I am in- interested in this game. That's a decent amount about it. Um, I know that this is on the heavier end for sure. I've read uh, Steph Hodges um, and what she thought about the game, and uh, she enjoyed it, which intrigues me because I like a lot of the games that she likes. Um, but also she said there's still a lot left on the table, like a lot to think about because there's so many things going on in this game. Um, another game in the T series, which I have enjoyed every single one of those games. So I'm interested in this. It's also board and dice who puts out f- really great games. That's it. I don't want to go into too much detail because I ain't got too much to go into. <laughs> yeah. Some of these, I know more about almost every other ga- game here, but this is just one I haven't, it's been one that I haven't looked at super deep. Cause I'm just like, I'm just going to buy it. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, and you know, some of these some of these we just we just don't. Like for me, it, it's okay. Some of these I'm just like, hey, this looks like a cool theme that I might enjoy. Let let's just go let's just go for this. That's the thing you get like with that. Meeple Town. We don't I mean, we're not trying to pretend like we're something that we're not. No. We just we, put we are who we are. Zero effort into Meeple Town. <laughs> Is that what you're getting at? <laughs> we just roll out of bed and just start yelling games out. Do you know how many games were on this list that I saw? It was like 488. There's yeah, no way. there's no way I can watch a video. I've watched them on all I, these, though. Here's my problem, though, John. I watched a decent amount of videos of games that did not end up making my list. Sure, and me so, too. <laughs> so me too. I can talk about some other games probably a little bit better than I can talk about this next one, for example. Ready? Yep, so your next one is... Your, that. So my number... I'm just going to be good about this. Okay. My number nine is uh, Tabanusi... Builders of Ur. What is your number eight? My number eight is 1923 Cotton Club, which is... Uh-oh. I've got... Oh, you've, you you mixed it around it. You mixed it around a little bit, Dean. Yep. I said I was going to. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> I know you said you were going to, but I didn't know if, that I got the official... Oh, you did? ...where it was supposed to go. You just didn't put it in there. I just wasn't listening. Okay. So, in this game... Um, this here, is... The, 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 I'm like, can I interrupt you to say that... I didn't even start The yet. box art immediately intrigued me in yep. this game that's that's the biggest one for me too the art looks amazing this is um pedro soto did the art on this this is okay 1923 bootlegger owen madden acquired an establishment in harlem new york and named it the cotton club and his idea was to use its cover sell to sell alcohol um during prohibition cool theme but it grew in popularity and so all these talented artists duke ellington louis armstrong Ethel waters cap calloway all these so i'm basically just reading this but the theme alone is what really drives me <laughs> just go to bgg and read the description yep but you don't have to because i just did some of it anyway there you go. but i love love that theme this is also a yeah, super cool theme i did not watch any gameplay on this one i don't even know if there is any but it's card oh, these drafting. are for real people like bill bojangles robinson yeah How about yeah, that? yeah. oh the just, duke 
Oh, you did. You, sorry, I, I thought you, you were people. reading. I'm, what I meant by that was artists. You were reading the gangsters, right? Nope. You were reading the artists. <laughs> My bad. I really, really enjoy this type of music, so that got me excited. Yeah. So anyway, it's um, car drafting worker placement, which is both things that I quite enjoy. Really excited about this one, and also it got me excited about. I, do you know anything about looping games, John? Not really. So me either. It, but they've done several games in in this realm. Like they did 1906 San Francisco, which is you know the rebuilding of San Francisco. 1920 Wall Street. They did 1942 USS Yorktown, the Channel Tunnel in 1987. So I love the idea that they're yeah. doing that. Now I I first I think heard about this from the Dice Tower. No no no, it was a different list. But I saw more on this from the Dice Tower list, and they said some of those are good. Some of them are are not as good. So it's a little bit lower on the list because of that and also because I haven't seen any gameplay. But I'm super pumped about the theme on this one. Yeah, this was really high if you look at the Essence Spill list on Board Game Geek with the thumbs up. This was way up there. Was it? Yep, it okay. was way up there with the Actually, hotness. when I went through the list, I didn't do it in order like that. I did yeah. it in alphabetical order by the publisher. So. so that's your number eight, 1923 Cotton Club. Yep. My number eight is a game, the one I know probably the least about because there's just not a lot about it. And it's Astrum. This is um, from the designer of Aquatica. And I just think that it looks... I thought you didn't have that on your list. I oh. went ahead and added it. Okay. You're in- you're glad I added it. I am. I'm, I'm intrigued by this I one. am super intrigued by this game because... It looks cool. It looks absolutely gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. I mean, look at that. You're finding... You have polyominoes and you're finding... Um, constellations that's almost all i know about it and it just has me ultra intrigued because that's a theme that we don't you don't see all the time right yeah i don't love the box cover i do yep i thought you might yeah i like that it it looks great i mean so anyways there's just not a ton about this there's no videos out about this right now it's a cosmodrome games they do good games too so all of that kind of you know, together with the designer of Aquatica, like I'm like, hey, this game is um, intriguing, super intriguing to me. Maybe it'll be garbage. <laughs> this is a little, but I don't think it will. I think I like, it's going to be. Fantastic. I like the colors on the box. Yeah, I do too. Just, I love the box. Hey, I pull the box. No, up. I think a lot of don't, people. I think probably most people will. It just something about it doesn't here, do it for me. It. That's gorgeous, gorgeous. Yeah, I, I just doesn't do it for me. Anywho, the artist is not even uh, is not recognized on here. Okay. Okay, can that I do game, mine? That game looks fantastic. My number... Number eight, Astrum. <laughs> is this number seven then? Yep. My number seven is a game that we've kind of played, but kind of not. This, is, <laughs> this isn't a reprint, but it is a reimagining of, of another game that we played called Blitzkrieg. This is Caesar! 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 With an exclamation point. Seize Roman, 20 minutes! Another exclamation point. How Caesar! Many, how many games do you know that have two exclamation points in the... In the title. Oh, man. Maybe zero games. Maybe yep. none games. I don't know if it was necessary. Oh, either, it's necessary. Either of them are necessary, right? You don't need that. You don't need an exclamation point after either of those things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you do. Okay. Maybe after Caesar. We're definitely gonna, not after Caesar Rome in 20 minutes. We're going to change our name to Meeple exclamation point town exclamation point. <laughs> and then another one for good measure. We'll put three on ours. It, it, um, sensible board game nonsense exclamation point. <laughs> 
we are going to one up them with a trifecta of exclamation points. So this is a, a, a another game in that realm. I actually didn't watch any of the videos on this one either. Yeah, it looks different though, a little bit different layout. It does. It does. Now you said you heard some negative things about this. No, I, so I just I, I've. Blah, 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 blah. You said it's punishing, more punishing. I heard that than it's punishing. I heard it's really punishing, which some people really love, and some people are like, "Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe that's true. Maybe that's not. It's just some things that I, I read about." You know, Blitzkrieg itself it. can be pretty punishing. If you For make sure. a mistake in that game, it can be uh, pretty devastating. You know, like yeah. you don't want to make mistakes in that. But it's a twenty-minute game. The gameplay itself, if it plays pretty similar to that, which I it, reading this, it looks like it does play pretty similar to Blitzkrieg, yeah. just different theming and then some extra things added in there. Really like Blitzkrieg, and so I anticipate that I'll like this one as well. Me too. This was uh, on my short list. I was interested in this one. There we I go. am interested in this one, not was. Game on. Number seven, Caesar. Nope. Say the whole title. Caesar. I'm doing this out of the microphone a little bit, so it's not too loud. Caesar. What? Something about Rome? Seize Rome, Seize Rome in 20 minutes. Is it, you're saying it as a command, like, Caesar, do this thing. Do it, Caesar. Okay. Caesar's yeah. like 20 minutes that's not enough time can I tell you that I could really go for a nice Caesar salad mm. I love it. there's almost nothing better in the salad realm than a absolute fantastic Caesar salad agree or disagree crispy crispy Caesar salad that's what I'm talking about yeah I, I might agree with that okay I'll like take the Caesar might salad. agree next time I get a Caesar salad I'm gonna shout it mm-hmm. Caesar give me my salad in 20 minutes so here's the deal we should do a video review of this while eating Caesar salads. Oh, in the microphone? Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. No, it would be worse than that because it would be it'd like be fantastic. that. Especially if it was crispy. Crunching. Ooh. Number seven for Dean is that game that I'm not going to scream out the name again. <laughs> I thought you are going to do it again. <laughs> no. That would just be annoying. My number seven is, this might be, I think this is a surprise to Dean a little bit. The new Azul. Yeah. But Azul Queen's Garden. For Dean, who typically likes the, I mean, not typically, does like the Azul series better than mine, here's why it's on my list. Um, number one is Michael Kiesling's a great designer. Yes. There's no doubt about it. I enjoy the first Azul, but it doesn't blow my mind. I didn't understand. I did. I do understand why everyone enjoyed it because it just filled a light, you know, not a super heavy game, a game that can be, what are you doing? You making a call in the middle of the video? No, there's a game that you left off your list, and I'm just realizing it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Go, go. Keep talking. Keep okay, talking. it's who cares. I, I was looking it up. Who cares? We just rolled out of bed. You left. You left two games off your list that I'm. I'm thinking. You want me to say what they are? Uh, we'll talk about that at the end. Okay. How about that? I don't want to forget about it though. It's fine. Okay. Um. Okay. Anyways, so Michael Kiesling, but also wow, three games. You left three games off your list that <sighs> oh you for gosh. sure you're gonna love them. Okay, okay that's ahead. fine. I don't care. Um, what's intrigued me about this, though, um, I didn't even play Summer Pavilion, which I heard is some people think it's the best one of the trilogy. Have you played that one? You have. You did play that one. Not Summer Pavilion. You didn't? No. Didn't we do a... I, we didn't I, do a video. We didn't talk about it. Really? I, I've done... Yes, I've played it, and I own it. The other two. Um, but this one I've heard with... Uh, number one, you got Hexes. That's different. But that it definitely plays different than the other ones. Um, I thought that, we did a showdown. No, we didn't. And so I'm intrigued by that. I'm also I'm intrigued by the way that these um, hexagon boards come out that you're now then placing pieces on instead of just placing pieces wherever. You know what I'm saying? I think that that's interesting. It kind of gives me a little feels of Riverboat. 
You okay. know how Riverboat, you put uh-huh. the tiles out, then you put something on top. I really like Riverboat. You know, I don't know if that, if it's anywhere remotely, I'm sure it's probably not even close, but that mechanic looks similar. The game looks gorgeous. I'm just, I'm very intrigued by this. So there we go. Azul, Queen's Garden, my number seven. Yeah, I'm not Azuled out for sure. I love Azul. I normally am, but I'm for some reason interested in this. I, my problem is is nothing has come close to the original for me, and so I don't anticipate that that's going to be any different on this one. Maybe I'm wrong. There you go. I'd like them to prove me wrong. That's my number seven. What's your number six, Dean? I have to pull up this list again. Oh, my gosh. I have gosh. to find it. Find it? What did you find? There's a game that I just... Yeah, there's a few games that I thought of that I, I was like, John for sure will have this on his list, and you didn't. You didn't, and you let me down. You but one of them nervous. I didn't write down what it was, and I forgot. Okay, whatever. So, I don't care. My number six is your higher on your list. Should I say it? Nah, we'll just hold off. Okay. Number six is Stroking higher. off. <laughs> <laughs> now that made me hungry. Stroganoff. Oh, yeah. I could go for some beef Stroganoff. <laughs> Yeah, number six on mine, higher on yours. Okay, that's fine. My number six is It's a Wonderful Kingdom. Um, I'm really intrigued by this because Dean and I, I particularly liked It's a Wonderful World. Did You liked it, but you didn't love it. Yes. Is that right? Um, it, it's like a seven and a half or something. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit, just not like as much as you. I really, really liked um, It's a Wonderful World, and this is a different theme Right. Not only is it, um, which is more of a uh, a kingdom building, medieval, whatever type theme. Not only is it that, but this is a two player only game, which I'm always intrigued, mo- or most of the time I'm intrigued by two player only games. So it's like a two player only, rethemed kind of version of It's a Wonderful World. And on top of that, what I'm really interested in, and there's just not a ton of pictures here. Um, sorry, YouTube's. I'm also intrigued by the reality that there are modules with this. So it's not just, um, so every game you're going to pick out a module, and there'll be something different, certain different powers or different things like that that you have. So for all those reasons, um, I'm very intrigued by this game. I would really like to play it. Okay. That's it. I'm this going quick was a, today. This was a bubble game for me because one of, the, one of the things I didn't love about It's a Wonderful World is the two-player version of that. And I know a lot of people do and love that it actually yeah. does work. I think it works at two. It's just my experience with two wasn't as great. So I'm I'm intrigued by this one. I think this could be really fun. It would have been my number like 11 or 12 or something like that. Well, 12, I guess, because I, I gave 11 games on this list. There you go. My number <laughs> six. It's a wonderful kingdom. All right. My number... Six. Five. Five. <laughs> my number five is uh, Settlement, which is a... Uh, it's a game that I actually watched some gameplay on this and then kind of forgot what it's about, but I know what it looks like. There's, It's got set collection, it's got tile placement, it's got worker placement, and let me go back here. Okay, so here's here's the deal. So you're the leader of looks settlers pretty on the table. who have discovered new lands. I'm reading again, John. Using powerful artifacts, you will explore terrains, hunt monsters, construct buildings, create outposts. Collect diamonds and gold and welcome mighty heroes to make your settlement the most famous one. So Rado did a playthrough of this one. I watched did he a like it? decent amount of this one. I don't know if I watched his final thoughts. I just watched some of the gameplay stuff, but it looks really cool. It, it, it looks up your alley. One. Yeah. For uh-huh. some reason, I'm looking at it going, this looks like a game Dean's going to like. Yeah, it's a lighter weight. So it's weighted like 2.0 on here. I don't know if it's going to end up being that. It might be. It's, I'm sure it's going to be higher than that. But yeah. um, anyway, this is by... Uh, uh, Alexander Nevsky, who did Mysterium and 
other games really like, like that, that, which this doesn't really fit with in that realm. It's interesting, but, huh? But I'm I'm intrigued for all of those reasons. It looks really cool. This was another one I think was actually had a lot of thumbs up on it too, a decent amount. There you go. Right. Your number five is settlement. Settlement. All right. So my number five is an Alexander Fister game because I can't have a list without having an Alexander Fister game on it, huh? Oh, four games. Four games that you left off your list. Go ahead. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we get annoyed at this point. I know. I you... don't know hardly anything about Boone Lake. I'm just going to be real. There's like, if I want, there's one picture. To. You know, I don't. And I'm just going to be real. This is the reason why I'm interested. Um, Alexander Fister and Clemens Franz did the artwork and it's a capstone game too and they put out with put out really good games now this game could have been higher on the list except for y'all if you follow us i was pretty disappointed in cloud age agree or disagree oh <laughs> i mean yes you were disappointed There's... i'm you i mean i mean you um I, I <laughs> were you? I'm you i didn't love it yeah it wasn't my favorite um i went back I recently played like Blackout Hong Kong and, and I was like, man, this game is so good. Like I just didn't like Cloud Age that much. Don't know much about this. I'm sure it has his some of his standard mechanics, mechanisms. I see cards here on the table. Um, and I'm sure there's different. I'm guessing that you'll probably be taking things off the board and unlocking things and stuff like he always does. That's it. I don't really know much about it. Those two reasons. I'm intrigued. I will. I'm sure I'll buy it. But slightly less intrigued because of Cloud Age. That's okay, though. Okay. Some people liked it. You can't hit you can't hit them all out of the park. No, no, you can't. And, and it some wasn't. of our episodes are complete garbage. <laughs> Cloud Age was not a. It wasn't complete garbage. Was not a bad garbage no, game. Either. It was just your expectations were all out of whack. No, it was Fister, <laughs> who I love. So the expectations should be really high. Can I do okay. my number four now? Number five, Boone Lake. Boone Lake, not on my list. I'm interested because, okay. again, I, I like Fister too. Just yeah, not the art looks you. really great. My number four, yep, my number four is a Reiner Knizia game. Maybe not my Boom. only Reiner Knizia game. It's also not just Mar uh, Reiner Knizia. It's uh, Martino. I think you just tried to put his name in Martino's. Kiera. I think you said I did. Marnizio or something. I did. Something along those lines. Wow. So you're doing a mashup. Mashup. Kia Kiera. If we were like... A couple? What would our name be? Oh, gosh. I don't want to... Gene. Nope. Oh, yeah. Why does your name have to be first? Well, it would be Don. First of all, it's mostly yours. But it doesn't I, matter. Why is because I like jeans. I, I like to wear jeans, and I like, the, I like the jeans in my body. I like Don. All right. Don? <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's kind of gangster. Okay. Donnie Jean. My number four... Donnie Jean. Donnie Jean. My God. <laughs> Witchstone. You didn't have this on your list. You probably didn't even care about it based by based Can on I be opinion. honest with you? You care nothing about it. Like I do like Knizia and the name Witchstone just sounds stupid to me. And so it turned <laughs> so like I, I'm like I just kind of scrolled right past it. I'm I'm just being real. Is is do you think that's is a good board game name? Um no. And I don't even love I don't love the the box either, which is like yeah, I don't either. I, I people will like it. It's like that old, I don't know, fantasy trope kind of. I want to play this game. So this one has, um, you know, it's just like a, placement. It has card drafting. It's got lots of stuff on it. Network, it's like when you're building. dating and someone might be there. Maybe some there's good on the inside, but the outside is like, mm, 
This game has a nice personality, is what you're saying. But it's worth it in the end. Is it? Because the personality really matters, obviously, more than anything. It I might. think. The components in this game look Unless great. you're shallow, Dean. This is, which is why I picked this game. Look at the components on this one, John. That almost looks like Fantasia Mickey Mouse. It does. It does. With the ears? Boom, number one for you. Okay. Okay. Can I talk about the game? Yes. I don't have anything to say about it. So this one, <laughs> I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you why this one's on the list. Knizia. Yeah. It, it, I saw a little bit of gameplay. It looked really cool. This one, uh, maybe Rado said this. I can't remember. Somebody said that it's like a, it is like a felled, like point salady type game. You get points for everything. I'm intrigued by that. Or, or maybe not point salady, but it was like a, a felled, like it had a felled feel to it, I guess is what it, it was. It looks kind of like Bonfire. Um, I'm just saying. Maybe. It gets it gives me those feels. Maybe it does. So anyway. I think it's the colors. You're a representative in your guild. You're going to gather around ancient sacred stone and do lots of stuff. Mm. <laughs> Again, I did watch some of the gameplay. I, I've watched a lot of gameplay, so I can't really remember a ton about this. I just remember hearing it's like a feld, has a feld feel. It's Reiner Knizia. Can't go wrong with this one. That's your number four, which stone? My number four was Dean's number six. Is that what you moved it to, Dean? Stroganov. Six. I think that's right. Yeah. Yep. Dean had it a little bit further behind, but anyway. Uh, this game, there's several reasons that I'm intrigued by it. Andreas Stedding is putting out really good games. You know what I was playing? So, uh, Hanzo Teutonica, Frenze. Is that how you say it? I remember that game? Frenze. Frenze. I did not love that game. Um, I thought it was good. I didn't love it, but I thought it was good. I was playing Gugong again the other day, realizing, man, this game is fantastic. It's a great game. So whenever he puts out something, I'm intrigued. But I'm also intrigued, Dean, by the fact that the art is freaking gorgeous. It's a beautiful. It is. This is a beautiful looking game. I really came close to backing this one. I wanted to. It was just, I think there was some other stuff that I was more interested in at the time. It's a real good game once you back that game up. Mm-hmm. You should have. I should have too, and I didn't. I don't know what happened. Sometimes I just forget. Do you do that where you're like intri intrigued by something? You're like, yeah, okay, yeah, probably back it, and then you forget, and then all of a sudden you hear that it's over, like oh, Grand yeah. Austria Hotel, Let's Waltz, and then you want to go smash your face in a door. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of my life sometimes. <laughs> um, but those reasons, plus it's another, also it's a Game Brewer game, and I just really like what Game Brewer puts out. So anyways, Rado did, I was watching a video that he did. We've talked about him a lot today. Because he gets all these games ahead of time. We're just, hey, people, we would love to have them. We just, we're just, just Meeple Town. <laughs> we don't have them. We don't have publishers knocking down our door to send us games ahead of time. Sometimes. Sometimes. Like, yeah, I mean, do. we do sometimes. But anyway, I, I would love to play this. In my backyard, trying to get in and give us games. Yeah, that's not the case. Nope, that's not. Anywho, Rado really enjoyed it, which uh, obviously intrigues me. All those reasons, Stroganov never four number six what about you all right my number three is that what you want to know or you yeah. just want to know about stroganoff yeah well, what Same intrigued things. you yeah I, okay. I i watched gameplay whenever it was on kickstarter i really totally had planned on backing it and never did but i i'm interested i think it's gonna be cool awesome yep number four stroganoff number three which is a game i thought for sure you might have on your list although you thought for sure i might have it on my list i thought for sure you might <laughs> Yeah, you can say that about anything. I thought no, I didn't. I didn't for sure think you might have Witchstone on your list. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Gutenberg, Gutentagen is a game where you are building up 
your uh, so so basically we're, we're pioneers in the 15th century to this whole to this whole printing press thing, right? And so I'm going to be building up my printing press. Um, the thing that that might not get me as excited about this one is that you're, wow. you're bidding for actions. Um, and so you're like going to be building up your workshop and you're going to be building, bidding for actions where you're going to acquire new font, inks and decorations, all that stuff. I don't know if I'm going to like the bidding. Who knows? I, I haven't watched any gameplay on this one. Interesting this how high you it. have it and you have questions already. Well, theme. Okay. And they are and the components. Theme and the components. That's exactly right. <laughs> is that, is that not enough? Um, that is, that is intriguing to me. Yes. It looks cool. Doesn't it? I yeah. think you're, you, you're the more you look at this game, you're going to be like, Yep. We'll see what happens. You're right, Dean. I want to see the mechanics. Why? Who cares? <laughs> Who cares about the mechanics? I know you don't. It's just toys, right? We're just there we playing go. with toys. That's everything laid out there. Those go. look like little wooden like letters too, which I know. I don't that's know if why they you are. want them. Uh huh. I want to like, like the game. dip them in ink and like actually set up my own printing press. Can you, I don't know if you can do that in this game. Dean's going back to the printing press. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> see that 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 thing right there that has all the. So the that's way really that I, I understand, listeners. so it's like this little tray that holds these cubes. And I think you're, you're kind of picking your actions that you're going to be doing or, or bidding on your actions using that. It's like a, I got you like a silent, um, hidden, Killer. hidden auction kind of thing. There we go. Yep. I'm, I'm intrigued by this one. Looks really cool. Love the box cover on this one too. There you go. There's a lot of pictures on this one, which is unlike some of the other games that we've looked at. The gears look interesting. Yeah. I don't know what they do, but they look interesting. They do stuff where you move them around. They wow. affect each other stuff. Number three, Gutenberg. So my number three is a DeVere game. We've been talking about DeVere games a lot lately, haven't we? Yeah. This is... Maybe B- too much. Botoku. Now, this is... So lately, we've been talking about like Red Cathedral, uh, Luna Capital, uh, even Paris. And those are smaller box, pretty quick games. Right, Dean? Botoku is not that. Yeah. <laughs> No. Botoku is a monster game that is a couple hours long that is a big box and I'll tell you the reasons that I'm interested in it is it is gorgeous but I'm interested there looks there's look like there looks like there's so much going on on the table. Yep. Uh but what I'm interested for several reasons. Number 1 is Devere. Devere is putting out great stuff. Um incredible stuff. Number 2, this is a there's other there's dice placement in this game. There's dice placement, plus you have like a hand of cards that you're managing which ones you're going to play and get rid of and do different things like that uh, for your actions over the course of the game, which is really intriguing to me. And that's basically it. It's th- For those reasons, I'm just really interested in this. Um, I've heard really good things about uh, about this from the few people or whatever who've played this. I'm all in on Potoku. I really want to play this. Boom. There you go. Is that it? Yeah. I, I'm going quick, man. I don't, you know I mean, when we did Red Cathedral, we talked about Red Cathedral. Yeah, and I was like, Devere Games makes games for Dean. Yeah, I think when they do games like this, they're gearing it not towards Dean. This is this could be a game for John. This might be a little heavier than that. I'm interested in. I'll be interested to see. But we also have another. So they sent us a Polis, which is a, a heavier game too. Two yep. player only, like two hour long game. You gotta play that, and uh, it looks interesting. I'm I'm intrigued to try it out. Botoku, I bet will be fun, but when I look at it, I was like, I can't get past the art. Looks good. Though. How much? Like it's just a lot. It's a lot. I don't think it's as much as you think because the bottom of the board is basically just pieces to grab. 
maybe in the top that, of the board is like the worker very pla- well be is the, the worker placement spot. So I I think like you can go up paths and stuff like that. Oh yeah, I I think that it looks it's one of those games that looks crazier like Tawantin Sue you was and you're like oh yeah. that's not that bad. I feel like that's the case, but we'll see. Yeah, can't wait to play I, I this mean, one. I'm really high. I just super excited about this. I like their stuff, so we'll yep. see. Okay, my number two is that right? My number two. Yeah, oh, it went away. It's gone off my computer and it stopped. It's working. not off my computer. Do you want me to click on it? That is the Siege of Rundar. It's gone. Gone right off my computer. Let okay. me tell you all this. So I was looking at this game, <laughs> and. Number one, it has Andrew Bosley art, which Dean will probably reference. But as soon as they lifted the box top off, Dean can talk about this. I said, this is on Dean's list. And if he hasn't seen it, he'll be mad that it's not on his list. Oh, no. No, no, no. I'm I just setting sure, you up. I for sure saw this one. Yep. What so, happens when you lift up the box top? You've got like this this place where this dwarves, where the dwarves are dwelling trying to protect their gold. It's the game. I mean, the box is the game. The box is the game. And it holds different resources. Basically, what's going to happen is you are... It's a it's a tower defense game. It's a cooperative game, deck building. Looks gorgeous. Where these different uh, orcs, different like boss or minions or whatever, are going to be coming into your cave. Now, here's the thing. They come into your cave by the cards that you have in your hand. So, mm-hmm. you know, like in a, um, like a curse card in Dominion, for example, one that clogs up your deck and it's bad. Kind of like this. So whenever you draw one of those cards that has those the bad monster on it or whatever, that's going to enter in and potentially move forward in towards the, the center. And it's going to be like messing things up. You're not going to be able to take actions based on where it is. It's going to be stealing your gold. All the time, all the while where you're trying to, if you can see on there, John, that the place that has that entrance, like the cave entrance, yeah. you're trying to dig through that so that you can move on to the other side to escape all of them and be able to still come away with all your gold. Like that that's the whole thing. Interesting. Of the game. Love the concept of the game. Love the look of the game. Love deck builders. So all of these things You're good to go. I'm I'm pumped. I'm really pumped it's about this. It's so I'm always interested in what he does. Yeah. But not on my list. I'm uh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. <laughs> that's my second Kenizia. I don't think I had another designer where yeah, I did not have another designer like twice, twice. on here, I don't think. My number two is Dean's number one. So we're just going to talk about this together. And actually, Dean, I'll let you go ahead and introduce it because it's your number one. So you should. <laughs> you right? thought that I wasn't going to have this on my list potentially. No, I knew it would be on your list. I just had no idea it would. And didn't know if it I actually thought it would be pretty high, but I didn't know it would be this high on your list. Messina 1347. Let me tell Boom. you why this game is high on my list, John. I did watch game some, on. I did watch some Can't of the wait to play this. of this one. It is a worker placement kind of at, yep. uh, at heart. Uh, kind of an interesting take on worker placement. Like you take an action and then you lay your worker down. And then when you go to take that action with that worker again, you stand them up and move them to an adjacent spot. So you have to like plan ahead that way. Yep. That's interesting. Now, You're going through the town. You that, can't teleport. That's right. Now, let me tell you the big reason why this is on my list. So I've been playing a lot of stuff on Yucata and on Board Game Arena. On Yucata, I've been playing a lot of underwater cities, and I've been playing a ton of Praga Kaput Regni, which is <laughs> yeah. it, that one you will that probably move into my top 50 this next year. I've, I'm playing it so play much and love it so much. And Vladimir Sukshi is the is the designer of this and one of the designers of this. And I'm just I'm pumped to try this one yeah. out. Now you think that I won't like it, and and you could very well, well be right, but why? One of the reasons that I'm super excited. I, I mean, Suhi is one of the 
is the primary reason I'm excited about this game. But this game has it's like Attack of the Rats and the Plagues, which is generally something Dean doesn't love, right? Like you're putting out you you are throwing fire on the plagues. Yeah. How about that? Like that just sounds so cool that you've got a worker placement and you have I like games that are like spank you, slap you, hurt you, see if you can score some points. I'm really intrigued by this idea that Suhi did a game where like there's a looks like a, just a ton of negative things you're putting out fires, not literal fires, but plague and rat fires all over the place while you're trying to, you know, do your thing. Yeah. It's so cool. I'm this was almost my number 1 and I was so it was just really interesting, Dean. Like a lot of times when we have these lists, you and I have different, like really different lists, like we do today. But we to have the same. We have two games that are the same, and to have one that is our number one and number two, really interesting. Yeah, and this is a this, this is could, a heavier game. If you, I, I think, John, if you take the average of our list, by far this is the heaviest one. I think on my list, it's a three point seven three weight. Now, some of this is early; you never really know where those are going to land. Yeah. But most of mine are in the two point five ish range or to three maybe okay now most of yours are above three even into four territory right yeah except for it's a wonderful world and azul i think yeah those are lower now this one really has so much to do to do with that design pedigree that you know i just i love love what he's putting out yeah me too man I'm excited. That was almost my number one, but my number one is the same as if you watched our most anticipated games of the year. It was my number one. It still has not changed, and that is Golem. Are you interested in this game? Mm, Yeah, sure. Wow, but like, okay, uh, let me. Have you looked at the pictures of the components? Uh huh. Yeah, I have. I have. Okay. Yep. That got me going. Maybe that's why I'm more interested in it. So Cranio Creations makes really good games, but this is it's the design pedigree, and that's if you follow along with me. Not all the time, but most of the time I'm picking games based on designers. Same reason why if someone's going to ask you what, you know, albums or what, you know, are coming out I'm, that you're most excited about, it's going to be by artists that I love, right? Sure, that makes like, sense. It just, I don't know about the other ones. It may be fantastic, it may blow my mind, but I'm most excited about the ones that I know are going to put out solid stuff. So this is um, a Flaminia Bersini, this is Virginio Gili, and uh, Simone Luciani, who I love some Luciani. I love this design team, or I enjoy this design team. So if you don't know, they've done like Alma Mater, they recently did, uh, Coimbra, Lorenzo Il Magnifico, <sighs> there's um, Voyages of Marco Polo, a ton of stuff. Um, but not it's not only... That, that intrigues me. I'm going to pull up the box cover here real quick. It's that that pedigree has such a cool theme going with it. This idea of golems, a rabbi awakening these golems or whatever, building these golems, and um, is super intriguing. But I'm going to also pull up here, Dean, just mechanically. This is Lord of the Rings based? It's not. Okay. Okay. But mechanically, Dean, you are getting marbles to help you with your actions. (laughs) I know you you like that. I, I know, like that's a de- like that design pedigree is is fantastic. It's not just marbles, but you're also building up your. I'm trying to get some better pictures for YouTube. You're also building golems, and you're upgrading your golems, Dean. Okay. I know you want to upgrade some golems in the game. Come on, uh, you do want to upgrade some golems. We'll see. You want to draft. You want to pick out marbles, place golems, and upgrade golems. Look at those. That's all I gotta say. I can't wait to play this game. 
This okay. game looks absolutely phenomenal. I'm not as big on the design team as what you are, or what almost every other board game. Well, let me is rephrase that. I, you, you know, like Simone Luciani, I'm huge on. Yeah, like through the roof. Mm-hmm. Coimbra, who, who I also like. Every I mean, all those other games, Lorenzo El Magnifico, I'm pretty high on. The other games are just like cool, solid games. I'm not over the moon for Coimbra. I'm not over the moon for uh, Alma Mater. It's good. Okay. Alma Mater is really high for me. I, yeah, I like, like that eight game. Eight and a half, I think. I love that game. The The other ones, I'm... Yeah. It's just... Um, yeah. We'll see. It's it's a... I'll, I'll I like this team better play than it, you. And I might really like it. It's just something about it's not really grabbing look me. At, look at that. Look at the golem that you can upgrade, though. It looks like that Frankenstein game. <laughs> it kind of does. Abomination. Uh, yes. Yeah. That statement is an abomination. This is... It's not that. Uh-huh. It's it, you say all that. It I doubt it's going to feel thematic. Abomination is a very thematic game. This one probably not so much. Maybe I'm wrong. Prove me wrong. Okay. I don't know. I mean, I can't prove you wrong. I didn't invent the game. Let's. I didn't t- design it. <laughs> Let's talk about some games that I don't understand why we're not. They were not on your list. Okay. okay whatever. Go you ahead. Ready? Let me throw yep. these out here first, and then I'll throw out some other ideas. Yep. Sure. Living Forest. Yeah. I don't. I, I didn't look at it that much. Why, okay. do you, why do you think I'm going to love it? Because you like Renature. It's kind of the same yeah. thing, right? It's the same game. Now, that game may be awesome. I'm just I'm thumbing down his like, oh, there, you have to have it on your list. Uh, I like Ludenot games. So. Armonia, I, I think is the name of that game. It's the uh, it's Uva Rosenberg for one, but it's I don't like <laughs> really. I don't is I d- I don't know anything about that. I I know that I shouldn't spell or smell really closely. Armonia. <laughs> So, okay, the Sagani or whatever that game is, it's that it gave me the feels of like Nova, Arma- Nova Luna. How do you pr- right? how do you spell that? Let's just pull it up. This is this are you is looking bonus up style. Armonia or yeah. the other one? No. What are you doing? Armonia. Yeah, Armonia. So, it's kind of like that abstract quicker game eh. line that he's been doing. Yep. You like Nova Luna? I do. No, no, I'm I'm, I'm intrigued. Me, this is me fighting you on. No, this. no, this is fine. I mean, I'm intrigued by this game. I'm not like jacked about it it may be it may be my favorite game i've ever played in my life i think it's the box art dean you don't like that it's okay it looks it's fine is it too silly no i like it actually is it's fine okay it's one of those things where like i actually kind of like it but it's just not like we look at uh, messina 1837 or whatever and it has this like cool historical thing i'm jacked up about that or a cool golem and this just looks like a children's box game right but I kind of like it. I kind of like how cute it is. Okay. But it doesn't initially make me go, Hoya! Hoya! All right. Ark Nova. This is the one that surprised me the Hoo-yah. most that was yeah, not no, on your I, list. Yeah, no, was, 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 I looked at that, yeah. Really? And it, mm-hmm. you saw it and just didn't... No, it was it was probably like um, at the number 11 or something like that. So that's, that's, that's cool. You knew me on that. Okay. Oh, I said there was four. That was just three that I listed, wasn't yeah. it? Who was the designer that you said, it'll, it'll come to me? There was a designer that you talked about that they have a game that you actually didn't put on your list. I don't know. I don't remember who it is now. It, maybe it'll come to me. Maybe I can put that in the guild or something like that. Okay. Because everyone's on the edge of their seat. They can't wait to see what that is. They can't. Well, usually when I say, oh, I don't remember what that was, then I'll get messages about it saying, hey, what was that thing you were talking about? Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. Still got COVID brain, apparently. Well. Um, no. Okay. I'm not done yet, John. You can't just keep blaming everything on COVID brain. <laughs> I mean, that was like a year ago almost. <laughs> I can blame it on old age. Um, a couple that we didn't put on our list, probably because we've played them, right? So Luna Capital. Luna Capital is making a ton of people's list. We've played it and love it. If we, I hadn't played it, it would have been on my list, probably. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, are, and do you think it would have been? 
Uh, I don't know if there's if a it chance would have been on your list. I don't know. I like I like the theme. You weren't super pumped when we got this game, but you like it a lot. Um, yeah, but I think because of yeah, you're right. No, I mean I was I was happy to play it. Maybe because like this was the one game that made me go. I have to play everything Devir has now. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like because yeah. every because I played some of their. I mean, I always have enjoyed their games, but when I play this, I'm like. Golly, they just keep putting out good stuff. Yeah. G. Willikers. G. Willikers. Furnace was one that we didn't have. We're about to do a review of that one. It's coming up soon. Yeah, but Furnace is out. That's why. Uh, and plus, yeah, spoiler oh, alert, right. it wouldn't make my list anyways. That's right. Here's, uh, I got a couple honorable honorable. honorable I looked at that game. Hippocrates probably yeah. was like next in line. That was close. That, that was interesting. Another game brewer game. I couldn't put too many of those on there, right? Um, let me just throw a few more of these out there. The um, Welcome to the Moon. Yeah. You see that yeah. one? Yeah. If you like Welcome to, I think that looks yeah. pretty cool. Tenor's Trail was a reprint. That's why I didn't put them yeah. on there. Glass Road, they reprinted, but I mean, it's basically the same thing. It is the same thing, right? That's right. That, That's so right. I didn't want to put that one there. Um, oh, 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 I just realized what it was. Savannah's Park. This is Kramer Kiesling. Did Dude, you see that I, one? No, I didn't. Oh, oh, John. Now, that why is one, it not on your list? That one seems like a renature type game. It, it, watch a video on it. I think you're going to like that one a lot. I don't honestly. You know, there's so many games that have come out, and to be real, Savannah I've had Park, a very Savannah's. a very busy life lately. Okay. You too. Yeah, yeah. And okay. I haven't had as much time as I normally have to look up all this stuff. Interesting. The board doesn't look beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> the art on the front doesn't look extremely exciting either, does it? That is, maybe I just saw a picture and. But if it's Kramer, Kramer Kiesling, uh, I it should it would have been on my list. That's the one that I should have had on the list. Probably I didn't. Okay, fine. I think you're going to end up really liking that one. Now yep. let me let me throw. I've, I've got should have been on my list. That, uh, what do I want to? I'll kick off Voidfall. This is my number ten. That's your number ten. Yeah, it'll probably be higher. <laughs> I'm not putting I'm not changing it on the video. Uh, no, no, it's fine. I don't want you to. All right. Fjordar is the last one I'll mention. The reason I did not put this one on is because it looks like it's just for demo. Um this has to do with the Norwegian Civil War and uh so it takes place in 1130 and it just looked really cool some of the stuff that I saw on it. Not enough to like I didn't really want to deep dive into this one, but I thought it looks it just looks really cool. I'm, I'm intrigued by that one. I don't think it comes out until next year, though. I could be wrong about that. There you go. You got any honorable mentions? Nah. I mean, you named a couple of them right then. It's fine. You Video want... over. No. <laughs> That's it? <laughs> You're done? I had a yeah. list of about 30 games. Yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of games I'm interested in, but... I'm See, just, doesn't that look cool? I don't need to ramble. Doesn't that look amazing? Remember when we started this and I said less is more? Yeah. Oh, it's not. We've been going for a while, huh? This is a long podcast. If you're enjoying our uh, channel, we would love to for you to subscribe to it, or you can subscribe to us on the podcast if you're listening on the podcast. If you'd like to support what we're doing, go to meepletown.com, patreon.com slash meepletown. That's patreon.com slash meepletown. We're at Meepletown Games on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and we're Board Game Geek Guild 3407. Thanks for coming down to Meepletown. All right, Dean, so we did, like, you know, you pick the top sellers of board games. I pulled up Amazon's bestsellers. And so I have a question for you. Ooh. In the top 50, I'm not trying to get a whole big deal, but in the top 50 right now of Amazon bestsellers, how many and maybe what do you think are a few of the hot? There are some hobby games that we would call hot. 
that we would call hobby games on this. Mostly, it's a bunch of Yeti and spaghetti and just garbage. Uh huh. But there are some. Have you played Yeti and my spaghetti? It's actually pretty fun. Are you serious? Yeah, we played at my house. Okay. Not well. what you're asking. Okay, I'm gonna name a few that I and then just make a ballpark. So yeah, code names, ticket yes. to ride, uh, yes. Car, uh, yeah, Carcassonne. No, uh, not Carcassonne right okay. now. But code, code Names is number nine. It's the highest one, um, I would say, of hobby games for sure. Let me go back down. <clears throat> Ticket to Ride would probably be the second highest at 27. Katana uh, is not on the list either. Okay, just one? I've seen that one sell a lot. <laughs> it's not. Okay, so maybe... There's f- only really one more. I mean, no, no, there's... Okay, three then. That's my... <laughs> You probably won't guess. I was going to guess five is what I was going to say, but not that Betrayal many. House on the Hill. Oh, yeah. That's okay. That makes sense. And then surprise. I'm really surprised by this, though. I, I mean, I guess I am and I'm not. Number 38, Wingspan. How wow, about that? Wow. Good for them. That is how big of a deal Wingspan is. Wow. It's sold over a million copies. That is already. Huge. That is huge for a hobby game. Yeah. Unbelievable. Wow. The number one game is Zingo Bingo, the award-winning preschool game. You play that one? For pre-readers. We play that one in my house, too. Are you serious? It's been a huge hit with kids that we've played Are you, that You're one. totally oh, serious. Absolutely. It's a big hit game for kids. And it helps them with reading? Well, so it's the, the mechanism. Like, you, you push down the piece, and then it's, a tile slides out of it. So they love to push it down, and then a tile falls out. It's, it's really cool. It's fun. 